track My best friend's in a gun rack I'm a low life I owe everybody money I think racist jokes are funny I'm a low life I got a dirty mind A gutter mouth I'm making time I'm going out with your wife Cause I'm a low What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of the Low Life Motherfucking Chopper Podcast. Welcome to your Friday, Low Lifes. We've got a great episode with the homie Ian this week. But before we get into that and all the rest of the goodies in this episode, let's kick this shit off the way we always do with these motherfucking sponsors. First up, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Chicken Rick himself. The go-to for all your stickers, pins, patches, hoodies, and other motorcycle accessories. He's got a website over at ChopShit.com where you can get all of that good stuff, including the Low Life merch. We haven't been pushing this super hard, but if you want Low Life shirts, that's the place to get them. Stickers as well. He's got Old Man Motors, Handlebars, Harley fucking Davidson t-shirts, Hypnic Jerk taillights, and a bunch of other shit. So head on over to ChopShit.com, and we're proud to have Rick on as a sponsor since the very beginning. And Next. Yeah. check out Chicken Fat Choppers on Instagram to get in go. on that 20,000? 21K giveaway. 21K giveaway to get some dope. I don't remember what the fuck they call them, but I call them step-up bars from Old Man Motors. Fuck yeah. Next up, we got ChopColt.com. The one-stop shop for all things Chopper. Head on over there and make yourself an account. If you haven't done it already, you're a motherfucking slacker. We've been saying it for weeks. So get over there, make an account, check out the classifieds to pick up some stuff that you don't already have. Make a build thread on the forums and get connected with some other people that know more than you do. And check out that Rolodex to see who's in your area that you didn't even know was living like five miles down the road and also building sweet shops. Also, good news, your boy is back on fucking job code. Oh, yes. <laughs> Lisa reached out and fixed all my shit. Fixed my password, fixed my email. Turns out I forgot what email I used, didn't remember my password. Uh, she's a shit. Hands down, best customer service. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate you, Lisa. 100%. And, last but not least... We got Jerry over at 812 Inc. We got to meet Jerry in person at a recent CT Chopper show. And best van in the game. Hands down. down. I don't care who you are. Nobody's on that van and level like Jerry. That's right. So, Jerry's making a bunch of cool shit. Most recently, the shit that we've got up for giveaway this month is the Nana Sink Handle Jockey Shifter. So dope. It is twisted, twisted square stock with Nana Sink handle on top. That thing is fucking gorgeous. Coming to you in its own cozy coffin. The packaging is as cool as the fucking product on this one. For sure. I uh, love it. Also hit Jerry up at A12 Inc. on Instagram to get the dopest sissy bars. He's an absolute beast with pretty much fucking any kind of fabrication like that. And if you're planning any... Motherfucking chopper shows. There is nobody else 
to get a trophy made from than fucking Jerry. Absolute beast. Takes us to the next level every motherfucking time. He really does. He's a great guy. He's been in this game a long time. So head on over to 812 Inc. on Instagram. Give him a follow. Check out the stuff he's got. And we'll be doing that drawing at the end of this month. If you want to get in on that drawing, head on over to patreon.com slash lowlifechopperpodcast. And sign up as a giveaway level supporter. That's going to get you entered into the drawing to win that beautiful jockey shifter by Jerry. Good deal. I think we hit it all. I think we got it. Crushing it. So, let's move in now to those motherfucking shoutouts. Shoutouts. Uh, first shout I got is to Fosmobile on motherfucking Instagram. The homie Maddie. Um, been scheming back and forth with him about the paint for the shovelhead build. And this dude is about to make me have the dopest bike on the East Coast. Uh, hit up Maddie at Fosmobile. It's F A U X S M O B I L E on Instagram, and let that motherfucker take care of you. Excellent. Next shout out goes to Clayton Cotton out there in Canada. Hit me up about some XS related stuff on the ignition system, and together we had a realization, which is very unfortunate. That I was telling him, get a Pamco. And he was like, oh, well, I'm having a tough time finding it on the Mike's XS site, which is a site that sells XS650 parts. And come to find out, as I told him, just order it from him direct. Pamco Pete went out of business. Oh, shit. So there's no more Pamcos. Shut the fuck up. I mean, I'm sure they're available like on second hand. But I was, I was like going to send him the link, thinking the whole time, I'm like, how's this guy not finding this page? It's the first thing that comes up when you Google it. Then I couldn't find it. And then I found a, a post on XS650.com. Breaking news. Pamco, Pamco Pete announces retirement. Closing of Pamco business. This was in May on May 16th of 2019. Fuck. I didn't and even get a Pamco even, for my XS bill. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I know. Fuck. So, unfortunately, XS uh, riders out there are now going to be stuck with getting the one that's on Mike'sXS.net, and that has or get not that new been one from fucking Hughes, right? Didn't he make a new one? He did. So he's got a CDI, which is crank driven ignition, which is probably the most bulletproof system that you could put on an XS. Yep. Um, but it comes with a price. That's a six hundred dollars system. That's but that's the PMA and the ignition all, all right. built into one. Um, so yeah, sad that's a tough. sad day for the XS community. The I can't believe nobody bought it. I know. It is weird. Unless the people at uh, Mike's XS, they have their version of it. Right. Unless they bought, you know, like the bought him out. Yeah, and you think just... they would. That's like the first thing you buy for an XS build. <laughs> right. That and the PMA are like the go-to components. So it's a, it's a sad day. We're hanging our heads. Um, if anybody out there knows of an alternative that's better quality than the stuff you might get on Mike's XS... Shoot Clayton Cotton a message. Shoot me a message, too, because a lot of people will hit me up about this XS stuff, and I've already finished my build, so I haven't really been keeping tabs on what else has come out since I finished it. Long shout-out, but I want to throw that out there. Um, Shout-out to the fucking homie, Caleb Denton. I know I shout him out every fucking week. He's the homie. I'm always chopping it up with him. Um, If you guys don't follow Caleb Denton, 
You definitely need to. This dude builds some crazy fucking bikes. He does. Absolute beast. Does everything in-house. I'm talking shapes his fenders. He does everything. Everything you see on his bikes, he made in his fucking garage. That's because the post office doesn't run to his house. Right. <laughs> Once so, a week. Go follow the boy, Caleb Denton. And uh, hopefully he'll inspire you to build some cool shit. Absolutely. Fuck, as soon as you finish, I lose my page. Uh, I got one to Yorkshire Chop Parts. It's actually Yorkshire underscore chop underscore parts. Um, I believe... Fuck, I don't want to misspeak on this. I feel like he's in the UK, maybe. I don't even fucking know. He's from somewhere. And he sells <laughs> used parts. So, fucking hit him up. Good dude. Uh, I think he's just now getting serious about it, so his inventory is growing. Um, so hit him up. And, I mean, fuck it, if we're talking about parts, guys. I'll do a shout out real quick to Ironhead, Ironhead Supply Co. No, because I'm doing my next one with him, so don't say oh. anything about him. All right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so shout out to Ironhead Supply Co. <laughs> hit me up with some pictures of some, and I know it's almost sacrilegious to say this, but... He hit me up with some pictures of some gorgeous looking MIG welds. And he said he picked up a uh, Hobart Handler, the official MIG welder of MIG welders. And he's got some fucking clean shit coming along. And uh, here we go. Where did he say here? Yeah, Handler 140. And he says it's running great. He does heavy stuff with it. And he does a little bit of preheat on anything that uh, he can't get with the 140. So, wanted to throw that out there, courtesy of Ironhead Supply Co. Little tip, that Handler 140 is looking pretty fucking sweet if you're doing job shop stuff or, you know, miscellaneous shit for your bike. And also, head over to Ironhead Supply Co. on Instagram and check out some of the parts he's got for sale. He's got tons of shit. Tons and tons of Ironhead shit. Uh, Next one goes out to Jangle111. Uh, he must be back in the episodes a little bit because he sent me a post about War Run 5 since Wes from fucking Custom Destruction <laughs> goddamn fucked me this year. <laughs> Wes, you're never living that shit down. Uh, so he sent me over the fucking page for War Run 5. It, in fact, is a motherfucking thing next year. It's Friday, November 6th, 2020, uh, which is the pre-party. And it's Saturday, November 7th is event day. Um, if you guys have not heard about this and don't know what the fuck this is, I feel like you're not from this planet. But if you want to hear about it, go check out the podcast Riders on the Norm. Just be prepared. It does end. It's not a thing anymore. But you can hear all the fucking shit about what went into fucking the war run. Fuck Yeah. Next shout-out goes to Dustin of Sleep. You guys might remember this name. This was a dude who is bossing his life up, went to welding school, and is changing careers. Just sent over a picture. They just got the 7018 at his school, and he sent me a couple pictures of the beads, and it's looking fucking fantastic. So big shout-out to Dustin of Sleep, putting in those hard, grinding hours of continuous stick welds, just on and on and on, beating on plate. It's where everybody starts, and... He's fucking coming along really, really well. So I want to give him a big shout out and let you guys know that if that's some shit you're interested in, go fucking chase it. 
that's an inspiration just seeing him come along with this whole process. So shout out Dustin Asleep. Uh my next shout out is to iFod six oh three. Is it no it's not L. It's, it's L. L. I mean it's L-F-O-D. not I, it's L. L F O D six oh three. Uh he's invited me to a couple garage nights. Haven't been able to make it, but busy as fuck setting up this new house. Uh, I'll eventually get there, I promise. We got... Uh, oh, that's just a story mention. We can't go into that one. I think that might be all we got. I'm looking uh, through a couple of these here. Last one I got is... Shout out to Greasy Dozen and Old Bike Barn for uh, putting on the motherfucking Greasy Dozen again. Um, if you motherfuckers have not... You better hurry the fuck up because entries are about to close, I think, this week or next week. So if you want to be a part of the Greasy Dozen this year, well, technically next year, uh, get over to Greasy Dozen, enter your fucking bike. They are specifically looking for cafe racers. Oh, I thought you meant choppers. And trackers because (laughs) they've had a blowout with chopper entries. I can't imagine who's who's responsible for that <laughs> nonsense. So, if you get a cafe race or a track you want to build, go fucking enter and follow Greasy Dozen, well, the Greasy Dozen and Old Bike Barn, and we will see you motherfuckers in Ohio. Drive slow, you'll get a ticket guaranteed. That's a fact. All right, I think we covered it then. Do you have any more? I know you love to wait until I'm about to roll into something to tell me that we got more. Mmm. Mm-mm. Okay. So. Time to roll into those motherfucking kicks in the dick. Kicks in the dick. Boot in the motherfucking box. Kick in the dick. Kick in the dick or a boot in the box. Tired of your boss yelling at you because he's got a jacked up truck, a tiny dick, a wife he hates, two kids that don't listen to him? Let everybody know how you really fucking feel with this week's daily dose of hate. Kicking the dick, boot the box. What's up, motherfuckers? We're back, and your fucking earbuds are now blown the fuck up. That's it. We're ready for some kicks in the dick. Let's start this off with Jerry over at 812. Says a kung fu kick to the cunt. Of the person who was supposed to have my back and support me in my ventures, who turned out to be the one who's trying to sabotage it the whole time. Just because you allow some people into your inner circle and trust them, don't mean they're in your corner. Never believe words, only believe actions. So can't, so can't kick. Oh, so cunt kick. To all them cunts out there that are never happy. Fuck. Damn. Sorry to hear that, homie. Jerry, hit me with a DM. I'll take care of those motherfuckers. There you go. <laughs> uh, this one's from uh, uh, Ian. <laughs> Falcon punched the dick of Ford, which clearly sucks, for making the transit van the worst vehicle ever in the snow. Got stuck in a half inch of snow going downhill. Jesus. How the fuck does that even happen? (laughs) Crazy. Next up, we got Not Hippie Approved. Says, I want to Spartan kick almost everyone on the Las Vegas airport straight in the baby maker. I don't know what they did, but they were there. Next one goes to the Pete's Old Lord. First kick goes to you boys for doing the past few weeks live. 
Yeah, people bitching about doing it live, and then other people are like, why aren't you doing it live this week? Fuck them. Can't please everybody. Um, then the real kick in the nuts and bolts goes to my truck for blowing the transmission and making me lose out on a bunch of money I could be spending on my bike project. Damn. That fucking sucks. Uh, Fish Tank Whiskey says a self-prescribed over-the-counter kick to my own dick for not making some steady progress on my two bikes. I need some fucking motivation up in here. Send that homie a message. <laughs> Get him motivated. It's Next winter. one comes in from yours truly. Well, not me. Somebody else <laughs> that's in this room. Mine truly. <laughs> Fat Man Custom Motors <laughs> writes in and says, Kicking the dick to the sweaty meat curtains of Fat Pat for never paying us on time. It's my money and I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Next one comes from Arapaport. It says, steel toe boot in the raggedy box of my realtor. Made an offer on a nice house with three heated garages. And she told us that they accepted the offer, but two days later, turns out that it was a different offer that they had accepted. Fuck. I fired her old ass, pulled our house off market, going to revisit in the spring. Meanwhile, still no heat in my current garage and no house sale money to buy any CNC machines or welding equipment. Fuck. Damn, dude. That does fucking suck. Listen, homie. Get a torpedo heater and you'll be fucking styling. Uh, next one comes in from the homie. I don't think I've ever talked to this dude, but I love his name. Rusted 350. Big old swinging boot to the meat sock. To whoever installed the seat I had to replace last night. I don't know what the fuck this means. Capital Q, lowercase, OB. That should have taken 10 minutes. Took over an hour. I don't know what QOB means, but... I don't know what that means either. Fuck that thing. <laughs> yeah. But that seat sucks. Uh, next one comes from X Black Eyed Blues. Spartan kick to the beach balls of California drivers. Almost got nailed by a dude who didn't use his blinker. Like, what the fuck, fuck stick? Your hand's literally on the wheel right next to the blinker. Hashtag fuck California. He also writes in and says, tags himself at Black yeah, Eyed Blues. <laughs> Responding to his own <laughs> comment. If y'all can't tell, I'm hella not feeling SoCal's drivers. <laughs> Get him. Love it. Uh, next one comes in from AstroTurd1985. <laughs> Boot to the empty icebox of motherfucking Mother Nature. Fuck cold, fuck snow. Amen. Next one comes to us from underscore Nate Bev. Gotta take that underscore out, bud. Says, a kick to my dick. Hard enough to drive my balls into my brain. So then I'll at least have two rocks rolling around up there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fantastic. And last one goes to Kyle Ames. Field goal kick to the lady dick of the property manager where I live. Singled me out saying I can't keep my hot rod parked in a spot I pay for. Because others need the parking more than I do this winter. Even though there are 12 other spots plus driveways people can use. Yeah, that's fucked. I say fuck that bitch and do a big old burnout while you bring it somewhere else. There you go. <laughs> It'll be just like us leaving the fucking campground after they told us the pipes are too loud. 
And then that's only going to end one way. You got a kick in the dick this week? You got one? I got to think. Um, hmm. Oh, yeah, I got one. I got it. Kick in the dick? Oh, no, I think I used that one last week, but... I'll use it again, fucking because I'm still pissed about it. Kicking the dick to the AC compressor in my wife's CRV that decided it was just going to shit out. And then the shop that couldn't figure out that it was an AC compressor and replaced a pulley for way too much money. Fuck them. Um, you got one this week? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off a of fat man here and say... Yours truly. Kicking the dick to fucking winter because this is the anti-money season... Mm. And <laughs> I want my fucking money right now, and I'm not making no money. Oh wait, I got another one. Oh god, kicking the dick to the landscaping company who somehow got hired to do the plumbing at my work. How does that even and then, work? I don't know. They did a roof too. It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> literally, this is this is you know what this is because landscaping companies. It's winter. It's the non-money season, yeah. so they're just like, oh yeah, Listen, I'll do a roof. I'll let do me plumbing. tell you about companies that do multiple trades. Are shit bags. Well, that's what's going that's on what here. Gypsies do. So let me tell you. Let me tell you how the, how much of a shit bag this was. So they came and did the plumbing, which has been having issues forever and ever. And the very next day, it got so bad that one of the pipes that wasn't capped off, shit literally seeped up through the floor. Shit and piss all over the place. Smelled so horrible, people were fucking almost puking in garbage cans. And then the whole shop covered in shit. Everybody had to go home unpaid. So I lost a day of work over this. That's crazy. Super fucked up. So kick to those motherfuckers' dicks. As soon as they said unpaid, I'm like, you know what? I think I need to go to the hospital because I'm not feeling that well. Yeah, I'm sick now. <laughs> Super fucked up. So, yeah. No bueno. Did you get to go to work the next day? Yeah. Then Who cleaned they, up all the shit? They did, and then they had another company come in. There's like a professional cleaning company to come and sanitize it. But still, I lost a fucking day over like somebody else not being able to plumb. Just telling people, yeah, I do plumbing. No, you don't. There's shit everywhere. Awful. Yeah, so, that's that it. Well... That's up a kicks in the dick, so what's wrong with this interview? What's up, cunts? We got motherfucking Ian on the phone. That's right. Calling all the way in from Rapid City, South Dakota. Ian, thanks for joining us, man. What up? Good to be here. It is good to have you. So, Ian, we got in touch with you through the homie, Whiskey Eye, Amy Lynn Arrington. You had been a listener of the podcast for a little while, and... When Amy was going out on her tour across the United States, you offered to put her up. Yeah, yeah. I since episode one, actually. Oh shit! The fucking long time listener. OG, yeah. Dude, that is fucking fantastic. We appreciate the support and that you've been listening since the very fucking beginning, and that you were right. kind enough to put up a guest of the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. So why don't you give us, we'll, we'll start it off there. Give us a quick rundown of, you heard about her leaving on the tour, decided to throw it out there. Kind of take us through the whole the whole uh, situation there. You reach out to her and she's like, this is when I'm coming. And then how do you plan for where you're going to go, what you're going to do? Uh, so pretty much I live in the mountains. So we have some wild roads here and it's all my backyard. So it's pretty much stuff. 
that I do every single day. There's typical landmarks like Mount Rushmore, you know, stuff like that. So all the, I think we're like the number one tourist place in the United States. So damn, I didn't know you were that close to uh, Mount Rushmore. Is that like decent riding out by that area? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, twists and turns, mountain roads, you know, like, have you heard of, like, Tale of the Dragon? Yes. Okay, so we're a hundred times better than Tale of the Dragon. <laughs> like, <laughs> Tale of the Dragon doesn't have shit on us. Damn, so, well, you, you gotta send some photos of these roads. Absolutely. Um, so, so there's that, there's Mount Rushmore, um, that's... 15 minutes, 20 minutes away from me, maybe. Shit, you're seeing those faces all the time. Yeah, all the time. It's one of those things, too, like, everybody's like, oh, no shit, you live there? I'm like, yeah, it's, you don't appreciate things anymore once you stare at it every single day, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah, we got the the Kankamangas Highway out here, and I think that's one of those things that, like, people come from all around to ride that thing, but people out here have it so much. Kankamangas. What is it? Kankamangas. Is it? Yeah. Fuck, that's how much I don't care about that shit. I don't even know the name of it. <laughs> yep. So it yeah, sounds like so you two had a fucking... Too, I drive to people's houses and replace windows, right? Windshields in their cars and stuff, so... I have to drive all over my area. Oh, yeah, so you're seeing everything. windows and stuff in, so yeah, it's just another day seeing all this stuff, you know, so... Absolutely. So what did you two get into when uh, when she came out that way? Uh, she came out here, we went, I met her the night she, she cruised in here. I, uh, met her at one of our local breweries. So those are starting to pop up here now. Mm-hmm. Those are getting a little bit popular. So there's a million of one of those. So we met at one of those, hung out, you know, and then, uh, we went around. I showed her a couple of the other bars. We have one that's, uh, like an arcade called the Barcade. Nice. So, there's a bunch of like 80s, 90s video games in there, arcade games. Oh, that's it. And they all cost, yeah, dude, they cost a quarter a piece, no matter what the game is. Wow. And you can get 40s, like in a paper bag. So you can get the you get the drinks at the same place where all the games are. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, they're cheap too. It's the cheapest place in town, so you can get you can get 40s, like a 40 in a paper bag, like in the hood. What? Get those. Yeah, and they're only like two bucks. Dude, that, that's like straight, that's the same price as fucking getting it from the gas station. Yeah, no shit. Because, well, because they have like, you ever played the Ninja Turtles game? The Ninja Turtles arcade game? I played the one on uh, Super Nintendo, if it's similar to that. Oh, it is the exact same one. The one so, when you like, you throw the guys and they hit the screen? Yeah. yeah oh, dude, I love that fucking game. Hundreds of dollars into that one machine. Because all you do is fucking die the whole time, so... That's true. I mean, you got to... Yeah, that's where they make up the revenue for cheap drinks. <laughs> that's a good point. So you guys <laughs> tore it up out there, bar hopping and whatnot? Yeah, we did that for one night, and then she decided she got a hotel room, so she went, and I took her to the hotel, showed her where it was at and everything. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, bright and early, we went out and started adventuring around and check things out. Now, she said so the she riding out there was gorgeous. Oh yeah, it's it's great. So lots of lots of mountains, up and down twisty roads. There's hundreds of like hairpin turns. That's fucking Everything. awesome. But also like in between those, there's a lot of like just straightaways too. 
that'll go on for half a mile, a mile, mm-hmm. where you can just you can just stare off in the direction, see cool shit, and just look at it. Nice, nice. And did you do any like off road riding out there too? Was that popular in your area? Um, yeah, that's uh, very popular. So we got special trails that are built specifically for that, and like off roading stuff. I got a big jeep, big off roading jeep. Nice, nice. So you can get, get trail out. permits for that, and so you can just choose wherever you want to go and just drive it. Oh, you have to have a permit to drive uh, on the trails. Um, on some of the trails. So some of them are, like, maintained trails, like actual trails that the Forest Service goes out and, like, builds and throws boulders and stuff around, you know, makes some yeah. upkeep on them so they're not just destroyed and rutted out really bad. Block that. Is that the same out here? Do you need trail permits to drive around on the ship? No, they shut everything down. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> you can only use, like, ATVs and snowmobiles out here now. Mm. Oh, that sucks. Oh, you guys still got the fucking fun shit going on. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. We have basically no laws on anything here. It's like the Wild West over here. That is fantastic, man. So you've got... We were talking a little bit off air before we kick things on here. You have a ton of bikes, bunch of cars, yep. all kinds yep. of shit. So I saw a couple of pictures of the shop that you've got, and I understand you building this with your grandfather? I am, yeah. Well, I mean, mostly it's him. I just kind of stand there, construction <laughs> worker, leaning on a broom or something, you know, pretending like I'm working. But That's it. Just emotional support. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm supervising. That's what I'm doing, supervising. There you go. I like, yeah, that's, that's more efficient. I like that one better. <laughs> right. So what was the so, yeah. what was the catalyst for that? Were you, did you start with a garage and then you just needed more space? Like what, what ended up uh, creating the need to build a whole shop? Um, well, he just... He grew up, like, his time, all the old people, I guess, like their hot rods and building old shit like that, you know, so. Of course. He, uh, he just wanted a big shop, and so he worked for a power company here. It's the, pretty much the only power company in this area. It's huge, huge monopoly on everything, and so when he retired, he got a really good retirement check, and he just kind of, you know, was bored. Right. Not working anymore, so. Idle hands. Exactly. Yep. So then he decided he wanted to build this out here. So that's what we've been doing. So it's a pretty good size. It's got two big bay doors. They're, I think they're 18 feet high. Damn. You could put and some real tall handlebars on. Absolutely. Like the, uh, you ever seen that picture? It says like the, oh, what is it? It's like the dude's handlebars. He's like standing on the pegs. And oh, yes, yes. It's a, like the yellow, I think it's like a yellow bike and he's got a handlebar. <laughs> yeah. Way the yeah. fuck up there. <laughs> you don't got to worry about shit. You're like, I got 18 feet up here, bud. Yeah, I got plenty of room. That's sick. So this this is uh, something you guys built quickly or this has been an ongoing thing? Um, It's been going on for four or five years now. We got going on. So a lot of it we didn't, necessarily cheap out on you know so Mm -hmm. like the uh the the heat for this place the floors the the heated floors what yeah yeah so the floors are where the heat comes from radiates up and everything dude that is fucking amazing concrete pads out front of the bays and stuff those are heated too so they don't freeze over the snow doesn't collect on them damn dude 
This so this is our, no, really your grandpa good. is really about good. the shit. So if your back fat falls out of your shirt when you're laying on the ground, it doesn't suck. <laughs> That's right. You're just like laying on the floor to get warm, throwing yeah. blankets down there. <laughs> yep. That's fucking crazy, man. I've never heard of that in somebody's shop. Yeah, it's cool. And then we built uh, like a loft, like a living quarters, I guess. So there's like, it's tall too, or 20 feet ceilings or something like that. It's huge. And then, so there's like an upstairs that's a bedroom, pretty decent sized bedroom, you know? Yep. And then also there's like a full bathroom with a shower and everything and a kitchen downstairs. Holy cow. This is like the mecca of workshops. Pretty much. Yeah. You could, well, he planned on like, so I have to call him all the time because I come out here to work on something yep. and then I take my shit apart that I drove out here and then I can't get home. <laughs> so he just knows when he sees the caller ID, he's like, oh, he's fucking stuck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially he's like, well, what if we put this out here and build this and this? And I was like, oh yeah, that's a good plan. So I feel like we uh, put living quarters out here because I make bad decisions. Hey, well, there you go. Then you could have a... Uh... <laughs> You swing by one of those many new popping up craft breweries, bring some drinks over, and everybody can crash right at the place. Oh, exactly. So we have, uh, it's like 30-something acres. Huge. Um, the one neighbor is pretty cool. The other neighbor, he's like a mile away. He is also pretty cool. So I can be out here being as obnoxious as I want, and nobody cares. So, Dude, that is amazing. So I didn't actually ask you this before, but... Is this near your house, or this is like you've got to drive a ways to get to the shop? Um, I feel like it's a ways, but I mean, it's like 10 minutes away from my house. <laughs> yeah, anytime so it's, like anytime it's further than a walk, it's always like, oh, i got to drive all the way out here 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, when, like, a lot of the time, too, I'll come out here to work on something, and I'll be like, shit, I forgot oil. So i got to turn around, head back into town, grab it, come back out here, and I'm like, oh, I forgot that, too. So then turn around and then head back into town, so... How far is town? The town is where you live, 10 minutes away? Yeah. Still annoying, but well, yeah, I mean, I mean, not so bad. I'm still in town, but... Yeah, on the, on the outskirts a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So that shop, a couple of years to build it. What were you doing before the shop was built? Did you have a place to work at home, and then this was just like an added bonus once you built it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So around here, everybody has garages. Mm -hmm. uh, it snows so bad here, and we have these freak ice storms sometimes. So it'll be raining really heavy, but it'll be like 10 degrees out. So Damn. everything builds up like two inches of ice. So sometimes. that would explain the heated floors then. You guys weren't fucking yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, yep, so that's that. But um, So everybody has garages. So everywhere I've always lived has had a garage. And then Grandpa's house, he's got garages. All my friends have garages. So oh, it's always been something to, somewhere to put stuff inside. Everybody in the Northeast is going to be jealous because we have all the same weather-related problems, but garages are still so hard to come by, which is so weird. Yeah, yeah. See, we have weird weather, too. Um, yesterday, it was negative four here right yep and then today it was 68 degrees so that's weird as fuck yeah 
okay, so our area, so we get the cold weather coming down from like Canada and stuff. Yeah. The Black Hills, that's what this area is called, the Black Hills. So okay. it's connected to, it's part of the Rockies. Gotcha. So the cold air comes down and catches us, but also the hot air from Arizona and Phoenix and stuff, the desert, comes up at us. Is it a dry heat? It's not a dry heat. It's not. <laughs> Yeah, that's what everybody in Arizona keeps telling me before they get yeah, killed by Scorpions. Yeah, it's 180 degrees. I'm like, oh, I mean, that's still hot. Yeah, like it, it's not any yeah. less hot. It's just, yeah. it's right. just also you're thirsty. Yeah, you're holding a hairdryer to your face there, buddy. Like that is fucking brutal. <laughs> breathing into a heat gun, I guess. I oh man, yeah, we just put a fucking heater in my kids' room, and they were sitting in front of it. Just taking the heat straight to the face. And I'm like, is that not uncomfortable? And they're like, no, it's warm. Okay. Yeah, that's, what, that's what you do. I remember when I was little, we used to have our old house, the heater vents were on the floor. So, you know, you hear the heater kick on, you grab a blanket and you'd run over and lay on top of that heater vent until the heater kicks back off. There you go. Just soak it up so while you, you got be, it. Yeah, you'd be cooking yourself in that blanket, probably be 300 degrees in there. You're just hanging out still. So... <laughs> That sounds like what it's like to just live in Arizona during the summertime. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, see what the heater though, there's no, it's a dry heat coming up. <laughs> so. I love it, man. So all kinds of crazy weather. How long is the riding season out there then? Are you guys getting like, uh, is it kind of come and go like it does here or is it shut down yeah, early? We, no, we essentially get the entire year is riding season. We Damn. get bursts of a couple of weeks that are really cold, and then we get a week of 60, 70 degree weather. And then everybody around here is obnoxious, too, so it'll be five degrees out, but if there's no snow on the ground, everybody's riding around. That's fucking great, though. So, yeah. So you don't end up, it's not like it is here where you end up shutting down for the whole winter because it's just unrideable? No. So we have this big thing every year on New Year's Day and Thanksgiving. I don't know why those two days, but those two days are always in the 70s. Hmm. So everybody I know that rides around here, mostly old people, but we all meet up on Thanksgiving and New Year's and go for a big ride. Nice. That's awesome, so, man. T-shirts. It's always in t-shirts, too. Damn. I'm jealous. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> fucking great. So, Not too bad. I enjoy it. Yeah. So let's hear about some of these. You got quite a few bikes. We were talking a little bit off air, but we'll get into some of these bikes that you've got kicking around in there. The first one that I wanted to talk about is this 95 Heritage Softail Chopper that you're working on. Yeah, okay. So it started out as an actual Softail. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well... This thing needs some flair because it belonged to my brother. My brother wrecked on a soft tail mm -hmm. and he passed away. I'm sorry to hear so that, man. This, yeah, thanks. So this was his bike and I was always, you know, really super weirded out about riding. You know, it was just one of those. And I can't explain it, but I was just fucking weirded out by trying to ride this thing. So, I can understand that. Sure. Yeah. So I had bags and stuff on it and everything. So hard bags was, uh. It was essentially built like a street glide without the front ferry. I see. So 
so it had like the longer rear rear fender and like the big hard bags on the side so yeah i took those off and i was like well it's a little bit better it's still weird so then <laughs> i uh on the soft tails the it's got like a weird pivot point for a swing arm so it's like in the center and the shocks are underneath the bike yeah, that's so what I've got on my Roadstar, like, too. Yeah, it kind of makes it look like a rigid frame. Right, yeah, the lines, actually, once you take the bags off, the lines are not bad. Yeah, no, they're not bad at all. And uh, you post pictures, and you're like, well, this is a soft tail. Everybody will argue with you that it's a rigid frame. Like, nobody, I'm looking at it. Which is remarkable that other people know yeah. your bike better than you do, but the <laughs> more power right, to them, exactly. sure. Yeah. They're like, oh, I know my bikes. And I'm like, well, I'm the one that rides it, so I'm pretty sure I know it better, but... So yeah, so on those, they have like these big fender mounts that come off the frame. Like it's part of the frame itself, these big ugly pieces that come up and back. Mm -hmm. So I hacked those off, make it look a little bit more bobbery, I guess. Sure. And then I still was kind of still pretty iffy about it. So I decided to order a frame from Craft Tech. Yep. Which uh, kicking the dick to Craft Tech for making shitty products i was just gonna so, ask you how the frame turned out because i've heard so many things not even just with craft tech but just like buying rigid frames in general it's things don't line up things don't work right so i got this frame and it was 700 750 bucks something like that yep Guaran- guaranteed to fit it says guaranteed to fit so i get it it doesn't fit at all. Not even close. Like, <laughs> yeah, everything is off by half of an inch to a full inch. Like, wow, dude, not even in the ballpark. Amount. Yeah, no, not even close. So I had to cut everything back. I basically cut this frame back down to just pieces and rewelded it and rebuilt it and everything like that. Had so can I ask before you? Mounts. Sorry to interrupt here, but when you find out this doesn't fit. Are you calling Craft Tech and being like, what's up, motherfuckers? Yeah, and I was like, hey, this does not fit. And they're like, are you sure you know what you're doing? And I was like, I am positive I know what I'm doing. I've done this hundreds of times. They're like, wait, isn't that soft tail rigid already? And you're like, oh, God. (laughs) Here we go. Well, we saw your pictures, so it looked (laughs) like you already had a rigid. (laughs) (laughs) So I called over. Like this does not fit, and they're like, "No, it's guaranteed to fit." And I'm like, "Okay, well, guarantee. I guarantee you, this does not fit." <laughs> and they're like, "Well, if you want, you can send it back, and we'll send you another one." And I was like, "Well, how do you guys? Do you guys like put these all in jigs? And this is like a solid frame jig for every single frame?" They're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Okay, so you're gonna send me another guaranteed not to fit frame?" Right. Yeah. You're just like, well, it's just gonna come yeah. the same way. Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll deal with it. So they're like, well, also, because um, uh, one lady was being super bitchy, so she transferred me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hello, this is Karen. Can I talk to your manager, please? So she had to switch me to her manager. And then that guy was like, well, are you, you work for a shop? And I was like, no. And he's like, okay, well, that kind of, you know, gets rid of your warranty. I was like, I'm not looking for a warranty. What warranty? You're like, you like I haven't even actual. started yet. Yeah, I was like, this stuff does not fit. Like, measurements are off. 
He's like, yeah, well, seeing how you're not a professional shop and a professional is not doing it, uh, we can't do anything for you. I was like, okay, that's fine. Wow, so shout out yeah. to Craft Deck here. Get your fucking shit together. Yeah. Right. That's, that's fucking so, wild, man. Yeah, oh, even on top of that. So after I had everything, not everything, but most of it, cut apart, rewelded back together and everything, squared back up. I went to slide my front end on for the first time. Turns out the neck that they put on there was for a fucking sportster. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I had to take this and take it to somebody and have them wave it out, you know, make the hole a little bigger. Right. To I mean, that's, that's like, so. that's inexcusable, though, at this point. Oh, yeah, I understand if a jig is screwed up. I mean, things happen. I've, I've been... I've had plenty of jobs where I've had to weld inside jigs and stuff. Yeah. Jigs can get themselves off. It's just, but. Right. You can't just ignore like directional welding just because it's in a jig. If you like run the fucking full bead all the way around each section. You're going to pull that thing way out of shape. Yeah. No jig is going to fix all. It's not going to fix user error in assembly. No. And every like mass like production place I've worked at uses those goofy little jigs that have like to hold down it's like a little latch kind of it's just like a little hammer piece that comes down it doesn't even like really hold anything right it just stops it from rolling away from you essentially (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's not going to keep it from somebody who's like getting paid minimum wage to just mig these things together real fast and oh yeah just blast it away on these things so after I got all of that sorted out and everything I got it all put back together so, my front end is on now, the motor's in, transmission's on, everything is basically in the frame, good to go. After, I also started, so I took vacation from job, my job in July, right? I sure. took a week. I was like, that's plenty of time to put this thing together. Yeah. It is now November, and I'm not done with it yet, so. <laughs> oh, because you spent, so you spent the whole week just trying to fight through shit that was wrong on the on the frame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, this is so I think I think this is a good time. learning learning lesson for like everybody out there because a lot of times and I've thought about this too with the with the Roadstar and having issues with trying to learn how to how to get the geometry correct myself when I'm building a rear section. And sometimes you you think to yourself like, "Oh, maybe I should just buy a frame and then just not have to deal with any of this stuff." And then I hear this story and I'm like, Oh, I guess it's they're doing the same shit I would be doing. Right, exactly. It's not like a fail-proof thing. So, and then the best way, I don't want to say the best way to measure things, but your eyes will tell the slightest millimeter of something being off. Like, you can look at something and tell when it's fucked up. Yes, I agree. Even the slightest hair, if it's off, you can see it. It can't necessarily, like, fix it, but you can tell when something is off. Definitely, yeah. Especially when it's in a jig and you're pulling a, oh, yeah. a you know, yeah. the little fucking, you tie the string around the neck and you're pulling it to the back and you're like, well, this is not running parallel to the backbone right now, so something's weird. Right, yeah, yeah. See, I used some 2 by 4s and ratchet straps to hold everything together, so. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> right. I was like, well, I'm just going to cut this here and then move this without moving too much stuff. And I don't know how, but it all came out correctly like it should, so. Just, just brute, brute force and 
and some determination will get that thing moved to where it's got to move. Yeah, yeah, a lot of blue moons too. Had a lot of blue moons that assisted in the ah blue moons. You, of this frame. you like the wheat beers, huh? I can't get behind the blue moons. I only like the blue moons. I don't like the shock tops and stuff like that. Yeah, because those always go hand in hand. You would think that someone who would drink a blue moon would be like, yeah, fucking shock top, blue moon, like give it to me. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. I don't order blue moon in public, though, because they bring you the little fruity orange on top. Everybody's like, here's your orange. Oh, I like, get no, so I pissed about that. Like, I straight up tell them, like, do not put any of that fucking shitty toilet water bar fruit in my drink. <laughs> <laughs> they get the little fucking umbrella stuck through the orange, and they're right, like, here like, you go. decorated this for you. <laughs> Oh man! So you get the frame all all squared away through some some tedious shit there, and yeah. you get everything plopped in. Your motor fits, the the transmission fits. Uh, what was next after that? Well, the transmission was kind of an adventure on its own too, because I went from a stock five speed to a Rivera Primo six speed. Is it a six into five, or is it like an actually? It's a bigger transmission. Like it's a completely different transmission. Oh, so, gotcha. Yeah, that's also supposed to fit your mounting holes, which it does not. So Guaranteed to not to fit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had to build another another plate, and uh, just kind of eyeball where the holes were at. You know. Yeah. Drilled the new holes and everything. Made this plate, mounted it on. That worked. So. That actually, that took me like ten minutes to make this plate. That blew my mind. Hey, sometimes you sometimes you get that win in the middle of it, right? Yeah, yeah, that was good. And then also on a lot of rigid frames, the mounts you have to put shims in there somewhere to make everything line up and level up most of the time. I did so, not know that actually. That's really good to know. Yeah, so I mean, it's not all the time. I'm sure there's people out there that are gonna argue with me on this, but. Yeah, people write in all the time. time. We just delete the message. It's fine. Yeah. Right, right. Like YouTube comments. Like, That's it. <laughs> yeah. There's always somebody right, who has like the a, perfect way. Right, exactly. It'll be, I'm going to drink this cup of water, and they'll be like, actually, that's not water. That's, no. God. Okay. People are the worst, huh? <laughs> right. So a lot of the times, not all the times, but you have to put shims underneath the motor side, transmission side, whatever. To make everything line up like it should, perfectly. Right. So, by my drunken stupor, I just managed to make everything perfect on here, I guess, because I didn't have to use any shims. Oh, damn. (laughs) Nice. Well, that's good news. Especially given the frame that you started with. Right, yeah. So, then on top of that, like the, uh, I was going to go to a chain conversion. Yep. And then I decided that chains are a pain in the ass. You gotta tighten them all the time. God. <laughs> Locked us got the heels on this I one. hate this argument. <laughs> oh, that was directed right at you. I but hate you've when had so like, many chain problems. So many people are like, should I keep the belt or should I do a chain drive? Like, it's pretty fucking uh, self-explanatory, but <laughs> <laughs> Fucking put that chain on. <laughs> but your a, chain stretched like four inches. That's because my sprocket now. was off. Oh. It wasn't lined up correctly. That was my own fault. But I can say... Did you not hear it clunking around in there then? That sounds awful when they're not lined up. No, it wasn't, it wasn't off that much. Oh, okay. But, um... Just enough to ruin it. One thing I can say is driving down a gravel road will not break your chain. That's do, people, do people say that? 
Well, that can happen on a belt. Oh, I see what you're saying. And if a belt breaks, that's some fucking money to replace. Change 50 bucks. Yeah, that's where I was getting at. So I um, bought three different belts for this bike because this frame is also six inches shorter than the soft tail frame. So. Oh, damn, really? Shrinking it down, huh? Yeah, yeah, so I had no idea. So. Yeah, I went. In someone's garage, and I found a bigger sprocket, rear sprocket. And I was like, oh, that'll solve it. So I bought a bigger rear sprocket. Didn't solve it. So I went to, you ever heard of J&P Cycles? Yeah. So they have a, their HQ is here, their headquarters. So I went in there, and then I talked to the guy. You know, he's like a, your typical parts guy that doesn't know what a car is. Yeah. So It's like, what year is the bike? I'll look it up. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, is that a four-wheel drive or a two-wheel drive? So <laughs> I got the, we decided this was the belt I needed. So I got the belt, 200 and some dollar belt. That's how much a on. fucking belt is? Dude, belts are obnoxious. That was a cheap one, too. I did not know this. Yeah, they're horrendous. Fuck. So, Fact. Yeah, the chain's looking better now. <laughs> right? You get right. four chains. And you can replace a chain on the side of the road. Like, you can get that bitch anyway. You can stop a fucking tractor supply and buy some fucking chain. <laughs> like, that's yeah. true. That's true. With a belt, not so much. So, with a belt, you have to take off your primary cover. You got to pull your clutch basket off. You got to pull your clutch out, all your discs out. You got to have to press a special puller to get the, the basket itself off. It's, you got three, four hours probably into changing a belt. So... Yeah, that's that's a lot bigger of a pain in the ass. Yeah, so that belt I bought didn't fit, not even close. So when I put the belt on, I nicked it on something sharp, so it made a little bit of a line in it, not like a not like a cut. It was like a, a blemish, not even a scratch. Yeah. So I tried to take it back, and they're like, "No, this belt's been used." And I'm like, "No, I just put it on." And I was like, "I rubbed that against something." They're like, "Well, we can't take it back." Wow. But, so they're like, "Yeah, we can't." We can't take that back. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Okay. So that's, that's ridiculous. My only option was to buy the belt from them. So I bought another belt from them, which this one fit. So thank God. The other one that yeah, because I went from 136 teeth on the old belt. This one's 126. So each tooth is like. A half an inch or three quarters of an inch, something like that. Yeah. So, I don't know how to do math, I guess, because I could not figure out which belt <laughs> needs to be on here. So, <laughs> well, it's a weird thing. Took like, probably a solid week for me to figure out which belt needed to go on here. Right. That's it's a tricky thing too. Do they even make like different? sprockets for belts like can you like you can change your sprocket teeth on chains and like there's a lot available but what's the availability for belt sprockets of different tooth numbers um same thing but then also with these drive belts on harleys they have different um widths of them so there's inch inch and a half three quarters of an inch half an inch there's so many different options for the sizing of it too so it's just it's just, just chaos trying to find yeah that seems like a, a real pain in the ass I'm trying to go 530 chain only 
And then people are like, you can get a 520, and I'm like, too confusing. I don't have time. 530. <laughs> Everybody's like, is, that's, that's how it is with sport bikes, too. So I've got a whole bunch of sport bikes. I'm into them. And uh, everybody does the conversion from a 530 chain to a 520. They're like, well, it's a skinnier chain. It'll be faster. Faster? It's also, yeah, it's also half the strength. You know, it's lighter, less rolling resistance. So oh, I see. Technically, it's, I shaved uh, half of a pound of rolling resistance, which is nothing. That, this is in it. Yeah, no. this is this is the road to insanity here to try to, like... I, I'm sure that there's race people that are like, it fucking matters, but I'm not those people, so... Street bike chains are the way oh, to go. Yeah. Say that, that again? Street bike chains? Those work fucking great for any, like, high-horsepower build. Sure. They're oh, absolutely. super fucking thick. And instead of having, like, the C-clip mastered as a press master... Yep. It's fucking yep. dope. That's what's on the hood, rat. I mean, it broke, but... <laughs> <laughs> they're great chains. <laughs> Must have taken it down a gravel road. <laughs> Fuck it, big time, but <laughs> so, so you so it's belt yeah, now. I mean, some people with chains, some people with chains get out of hand. Like I'm building a drag racing bike right now. Yeah, there's plenty of people I've talked to. They're like, "Well, you got to boil this chain, cut the O-rings out of it, okay, and then get this all is. the factory grease out, and then you'll gain." Point zero zero one of a second faster. I'm like, yeah, that's excessive. That's yeah, you're like super right. excessive. I'm not trying to win a fucking Nobel Prize here. I'm trying to yeah, just no put this shit. chain on my bike. Yeah, they're like, it'll probably take you a solid day to cut all those O-rings out of there. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing that. Wow, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a whole different podcast. I feel <laughs> it's just like <laughs> right. trying to shave little things off for for race stuff. I'm I'm curious to know if anybody listening has ever done that. If you have. Right in. I'd be curious to know who's who's doing these heavy chain modifications. Yeah, no, I'm curious too. So absolute madness. Yeah. Right. What do you do with your life that you have enough time to? Right. That's what I'm saying. Out of a chain. Like in in the like the fact that that is a thing, and and someone isn't just selling them. That's my business idea right there. I'll just sell chains that have all that shit done already. Like. How yeah. how is somebody not making the chain? Like, why why are people cutting O-rings out? Who put these O-rings in in the beginning just for them to be removed? I don't get it. But Yeah, it blows my mind, too. The things we, we will do for speed, I suppose. Right. So you ended up getting a belt that fit, though, right? And it was all good? Yeah, yep, yep. This was also, funny enough, it was the cheapest belt that they had. This one was only $120. Oh, that's not well, so bad. Right. That's like a that the X ring chains are are about that much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, this belt too. After I bought, because I bought another belt off of a guy on Facebook, brand new in a box. It was like 130 teeth. I'm like, that should work. That guy also so scratched it and couldn't return it. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, definitely. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, here, drop the money here, and I'll leave the belt here. We don't interact directly, though. I'm like, oh, okay, that works. That's Did cool. he? Is that is that real? No, that's not. Oh, I was like, <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> that would be insane. Oh, man, that's what they do in, like, the drug movies, you know? Like, you see Breaking Bad, when they're like, give me the cash, and I'll leave the, you know, the drugs under here, in the trash can. Like, yeah, yeah, they do those uh, very discreet meetups like that. So yeah, I found they built the fit finally. It was the cheapest one. I was like, there's no way the cheapest one's gonna work, so I didn't even look at it. 
So finally, the cheapest one worked. And then, so the belt was on there. Got all that set. And then I got it in there. I have it on the table here on a little bit of a lift. And I spun the rear wheel. And uh, it turns out my rear rim is bent. So I got to get a new one of those. Oh, no. Yeah. Dude, just a series of, of tough luck with this thing, huh? Dude, this bike, this is what I'm telling. Like, this bike is cursed. Like... Yeah, it's like no all this shit. How did you find out that the that the rim was bent? Just rolling it, like spinning the wheel. I was excited. I got the belt on. I was like, yeah. So I gave you know I gave it a spin real quick, and you can see it. It's way off. So fuck, dude. Which makes sense. I rode this bike a couple times, and I'm like, this thing feels sketchy. Like felt like you were driving through mud. Yeah, that's no good. All squirrely, kind of getting around, and I'm like, fuck. I didn't think anything of it. I thought I was just another shitty Harley, but not the case. Not the case. I dig the tank that you've got on it, though. I like the color. Yeah, me too. Some dude, I guess, painted this in like the seventies. Like he's like, "Well, I painted this when I was going to school when I was in high school when we still had like home ec or not home ec. What am I saying? Um, shop. Well, yeah, there you go. Shop class, learning how to paint stuff. He said he painted it like back in the seventies. So. Damn. And so, for the people listening, you got to check U U H H I A N is his Instagram handle. So you can go on there and see. You've got pictures of it up there, right? I do. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, that's a fucking. That's a nice like tank. A, it's such a weird color too, because I was trying to color match my fender to that tank. Yep. Um. Nobody. I've taken it to really high end body shops here and stuff. So. Where they scan the color with like a computer and everything and look at we can't even match this color. Like, I don't You're like, Well somebody painted like a, this in the seventies in their shop class, so could you look there? Yeah, can you please like sort out how dirty this fucking shop was when they painted it? <laughs> measure the level of dirt that's probably in this paint that gives it this color. Yeah, and then and then just run that. That'll be good. Right. Right. Could be lead paint too, like it's just Radioactive paint on here on my bike. Oh, I'm sure around. it's yeah. It was the 70s. Well, right. I don't know. They do lead paint in the 70s. I'm I sure. don't know. It's probably probably bad for you though, and it's right there rubbing on my my junk when I'm riding around. You know, I'm sure that's healthy too. <laughs> Just slowly rubbing it off. <laughs> <coughs> that's awesome. So you got tanks on, engines in, transmissions in. Wheel needs to be replaced, but the bars are on it too? I can't remember. The bars are on it, yeah. So it's got um, LA Chopper bars on it. Nice. So that's what that's what bars are on there. So everything, I got the brakes working and everything. So it's basically, it's not done. It's not even close to being done, but it's uh, rideable. I got it started the other day because I also cut the hardest down to four wires. Had a boy. Six wires or whatever that I had. So was that a pain in the ass on a? Well, it's a ninety-five actually. So you probably, it probably, it's got an well, ECU I mean, module of some kind, right? Yeah, it's got ignition module on it. But the hard part was there was you know it's a big started out as basically a bagger, so it's got all kinds of lights and blinkers and all kinds of just dumb things all over it so yep so you got to pull all those wires out and it's a huge I just, yeah i just started cutting. i didn't have a diagram or nothing i just started cutting things 
Atta boy, man after my own heart. Everyone says you shouldn't do that, but it sounds like it worked out yeah, just fine. Yeah, I left like the battery hooked up and stuff, you know. So I turned the ignition on, and then I cut a couple <coughs> wires and tried to crank it, and it would start. And I'm like, okay, that's good. Turn it off. Cut a few Dude, more wires. Try it again. This is exactly what I said I wanted to do on the Roadstar, and everyone's like, no, don't do that. That's you're just gonna fuck it up. And I was like, well, if it doesn't start, then I know that that I shouldn't have cut that, and I'll put that back on. Exactly. Process exactly. of elimination, and then you're just good. Yep. That's how I narrowed it. It took me all of 20 minutes to figure it out that way, too. Wow, so, I fucked up big time by not doing that. diagram, you know, that is 20 feet long and everything, and you can't ever match the wires up, so. Dude, that is, that's the most inspirational shit I've heard in weeks. Just <laughs> fucking start it, cut some shit, see if it turns off, make sure it still starts, and then move on, do the same with the next one. Yep. Well, I mean, pretty much, you can, you basically can just look at it and figure out what's what. All I did was to look at the ignition itself, you look at the back, and there's some colored wires, right? Essentially, you would think that those colored wires would be the same throughout the harness. So you just start cutting wires that aren't that color and see if it still runs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And people can't even talk shit because it worked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. Diagnosing just got a lot simpler, people. Right, right. So it's all stripped down on the wiring, which is great. I'm sure that uh, you took a full inch thickness of the harness out. Yeah, no, it's it's literally four wires now. Beautiful. Electric start still though, right? This is a just got. Do you have like yeah, that well, like push button on the on the solenoid so that there's? I don't know if they even make that for the heritage. They they do, but um, I just ran. Uh, I went to AutoZone and bought a key ignition. You know, so yep. it was like four dollars. So you just turn the key like a car, and it just it's got a start mode. Like awesome. So I just left it like that. Perfect. Because I uh, I had bought a kicker for the original um, transmission, and I was gonna you know make this a kick only, but. That'd be Along fucking cool, lines, man. I decided the six-speed transmission is way cooler to me than a kickstart. Yeah, it's nice to have that ability to get up on the highway with it. Yeah, not only that, like, this, this motor is beefed up quite a bit. It's got different pistons in it, stuff like that. It's got a bigger cam in it. Um, I've got the S&S carb with bigger jets in it, um, different push rods. It's, I hate when people say it's fully built, but... It's like fully built. But I'm going to so. say it anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's fucking but awesome. Gets me, everybody's like, well, this is a stage four. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know your stages, buddy. Like, is it like a set thing? Like, stage one here, we're just going to do this. Like, Yeah, people say that, that a lot. That confuses me. That confuses me, too. When people talk about stage one, two, three, and four. And I always wonder, yeah. like, couldn't you do, like, like, what if you just put it, what if you put a cam in, but you didn't do, like all the other things is that still a stage whatever stage cam is i don't know right it seems more right. like you should just tell people what you, you did a bigger cam in, you can still run it on everything stock you're still gonna gain power right and that's what i'm so, saying do you call that a stage four or can we all just agree that we should stop saying that i agree that we should stop saying that Be like i put a cam in it you heard it here folks it's time to stop saying stages <laughs> it's time to start yeah. just telling people what you did so that they can immediately know what you did 
unless they did it at the dealership because then they have no fucking idea what they did. That's who's calling yeah, so it a stage three. <laughs> oh, that's right. They're like, oh, well, Harley put the stage four Screaming Eagle kit on it. Yeah, and they just keep this. Okay. So what did, what did they change? And you go, stage, I said it's a stage three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it could be whatever that is. Google it. I don't know. Right, what did they change? Like, well, they changed the stages of it. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> they changed the stages of it. That's, oh, man. There's a t-shirt in here somewhere. We should, uh, <laughs> so this has to be made into a t-shirt of some kind. We'll, we'll brainstorm off, off air. Oh, yeah, I, I approve. Fantastic. So, so this build so is... then I also put a, uh, you know, a throwback to the mid-2000s. I put a, a three-inch open primary belt on it. Oh, the three-inch, oh. the wide boy. That's right. Easy, Paul Jr. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There you go. Yeah, you gotta you gotta extend the left peg out now just just to avoid that thing. Oh no, I just lose my pants to it. That's cool. There you go. I get mad at mine. I had this open belt on when it was still a bagger because it uh, it snapped the chain, right? Yeah. And so everybody's like, well, the bike's fucked, blah, 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 blah. So got the open belt, found this one was super cheap because this is not the fad anymore. It's yeah. a giant, you know, belt. Having right. a treadmill on the side of your bike. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, this one was super cheap, put it on there, and it works. So. Hey, if it works, it works, right? Exactly. It kind of, it's kind of uh, grown on me, too. Like, at first, I was like, God, this is the most horrendous thing ever. But now that it's been on there for a little bit, I kind of dig it. So. Well, you've got all that real estate sticking out the side now, so you got to, like, you got to spray paint some kind of design, like, tiled all down it. That's what you have right. to do. When you have when you have the big, wide belt, you have to get the, the that fucking logo. I don't even know what it's for, but I always remember seeing those three-inch belts. And it's got the logo of the two chicks sitting down, like, back-to-back. What is... You know what logo I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like the, uh, like, truckers have on their mud flaps. Yeah, I don't know what it is. They're called chrome bitches. That's what everybody... Chrome bitches? (laughs) (laughs) Every time I see a three-inch belt, I'm like, you need to just have to have that just tiled across the belt. Because it's just... They they go together, man. You should do it. Have you ever ever seen the ones where it's, like, fat girls instead of skinny girls? Yes, I have. (laughs) It's fucking hysterical. Oh, it's so good. Oh man. So that'll be next on the mod list. I'll send you a stencil. Let's just spray paint it. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so what's what's left to do before or is it already running and riding? Um, I haven't rode it yet. After I took the clutch basket and everything apart. I don't know if I put it all back together correctly, but Find so out. We'll see. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out when I go ripping down the around the road because I have uh, no chill on things either. So um, this thing's going full blast the second I get onto a road. Oh like, man, you're a rare yeah, breed. We're topping, we're topping this thing out right away. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some go fast parts on it. We're gonna see how fast it can go. So there you go. That's that's the First only time, way to really no, test. Yeah, there's no shakedown right when it's like a hundred down the highway. Like that's the shakedown. That, that you'll find out quick for sure exactly yep so you got this this bike which is fantastic but I also saw on your Instagram an equally gorgeous 1948 panhead tell me about that thing yeah 
this one, we got, my grandpa got it from some guy. Um, or he didn't get it. He just knew some guy that had it. Yeah. And uh, so this thing is all factory, original, everything. Except for, I don't think the tires are, but. Sure. Um, some guy bought it brand new, and then this other guy got a hold of it. It was like his grandpa or something had it. And so, this is a 100% OG factory panhead. The thing is gorgeous. Duo, it's got... Duo glide. This, the, the maroon color on it is like per, perfect for a bike of that age. Like it just has that nice darker maroon. It's got the big fucking horn, like the comically sized bullhorn. Oh, dude, that horn It always makes me think of like, you've seen that movie The Mask with Jim Carrey? Yeah. Like, that is what that horn makes me think of. <laughs> <laughs> just him in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. You need a sticker on there somewhere. <coughs> right. <laughs> that thing is so yeah, other super than that, cool. The thing is, everything is the gaskets inside the carburetor, or even the factory gaskets and everything. So yeah, it looks like it was just parked, and nobody ever changed a thing. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I. Think. That's what I think happened. Like the guy rode it a few. Like let me see. It's got two thousand one hundred and eighty miles on it. Oh my God! Did did the guy want crazy money for it, being that it was in such factory condition? Um, and no, we gave the guy a Chevy Blazer for it. Traded him straight <laughs> That is amazing. Yeah. What a fucking what a smoking deal! Do you guys ride it at all, or is it more of a? It needs a little bit of work to get back on the road. It needs a little bit of work. It just needs. I, I can kick it over and everything. It's got compression. I put fresh gas in it and everything. Kicked it a whole bunch and it didn't start. So gotcha. it's got spark and everything like that. But on these older ones, they have they're they're super goofy. So one side is a throttle, you know, your normal throttle side. Yep. But then the other side on the handlebar, it also twists, and that's like your ignition timing. Oh, that's like you right. Can advance it and retard it, so you can. Not you don't have to kick down a gear when you're going up a hill. You can just change your timing on your ignition, and so like how that, how intuitive is that? Like, have you ever ridden? I don't understand thing? why we don't do that still. Like, that's one of the most genius things that's ever for creating power. Like, so you so like if you like were to ECUs and stuff do it on their own, but right. But that's not fucking cool. That's not as cool as twisting it up, twisting it by yourself. And then your left hand doesn't just fall asleep because it's got some shit to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's pretty wild, though. So, so other than that, like the carburetor was super gunked up. It looked, it was just green and fuzzy inside of it. So nice. Had to rebuild that. So factory other fuzz. Than that, I took. Yeah. Other than that, I popped off one of the uh, exhaust manifolds. Just looked inside there. It looks fine. So that's good news. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think once the carb is done, it'll just it'll probably fire right up. That'd be amazing <laughs> if that's all it needed is just a little carb cleaning. Right, that'd be that'd be crazy. Carb so. cleaning and a Chevy Blazer gets you riding down the road on a panhead, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be uh, terrifying to ride this thing though. Like. How many of these are left that are in this good of shape that are original? 
I guess that's true. I didn't think about that, but uh, yeah, you really wouldn't want to fuck it up. Right. But at the same time, it's that's amazing that it'd be on the road. I'm really good at pulling up to like stoplights, stop signs, you know, putting my foot down on the only patch of gravel and falling. So <laughs> that's one of my, I like to say it's one of my hobbies too. And it's usually only when there's like a carload of girls right next to me and they have to like hop out and try to help me. I'm like, nope, just leave me here to die, please. Yeah, I'd rather be dead than, than discuss this later, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, please just don't even look at me. Pretend this didn't happen. That's how it always goes, man. I had that... The fucking... My XS was a one-kick bike the entire summer until I had to leave Queen City Chopper Show. And then all of a sudden, it's like, nope, not gonna start. Yep, yep. That always is... when you drop a bike, too, you pick it up, it does not start again. So... <laughs> I had this old iron head that was the same way it was like first time i rode it i got ripping out you know through town yeah um the back brake didn't work and neither did the front because it's been sitting for years so i tried to lock him up nope nothing so oh, man. i panicked and i just kicked down in the first and uh i don't know what happened but the bike died killed off and it was only a kickstart so for the next like 45 minutes i was just sitting at the stop sign there trying to kick it over like Oh, that, that is... Was, oh, it was so bad. I was almost... That almost killed motorcycles for me. Like... That's a, that's a tough I one. I think it was like a hundred and something degrees. It was like a hundred and two degrees that day or something. Oof. Well, I'm hopefully it was still sweating. a dry heat, but... Yeah. <laughs> still a nightmare. That's that always like... I have this weird feeling about like when I'm on a kickstart bike and something goes wrong and you're on the side of the road kicking it. I feel like everyone driving by is like... I fucking told you. you guys are retail. Like, yeah, like you see somebody trying to kick it and you're like, the fuck is this guy doing still riding a kicker? That's why you don't ride kickers. And I'm like, I feel like I'm doing this horrible disservice. Bro, bro, push the start button. Like, Yeah, and I'm like, God damn it. Cause you know what my, my two biggest fears with having a kicker? is One is, this one's from Badfish Customs, is losing my kicker pedal while I'm riding. Because that happened to him. And then the second one is going to kick my bike over and having a fucking compression kick back and fold my kneecap backwards. Oh. oh, I have seen that so many times. People kicking themselves right in the face after that or launching themselves right over the handlebars. Yeah, those I've are my I've never seen that in person, but... Oh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta witness it. It's good. But I will say, trying to kick uh, Loctite's shovel back when it was all assembled there, <laughs> you, the way that you have to kick through on a Harley is not the same way that it is with the Jap bikes. Because with the Jap bikes, the bike has started before you're even, like if you had it up at looking at a clock, like 10 o'clock, it, it engages yeah. all the way up there. And the bike is running and before you get to six. Yeah. Mine has to go from like nine o'clock to five o'clock. <laughs> yeah, which is just crazy. Like you, you have to, you have to put your leg in this position that is so dangerous. So ready to just and, fuck you. Yeah, you've got to like fully lock your knee out. Like you're, Exactly. You're, it's all about those compression news. kicks. you got to feel it out. if you miss it, like if you don't get right on the compression kick, like sometimes it'll feel like you're on the compression and you go give it a full blast kick and there's nothing there. Oh, that's good too. I always oh. do two compression kicks before I kick all the way through just to make sure I'm on the right <laughs> compression. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a weird 
engagement area there. And it doesn't even start when you get to five. You, it, you like hold it at five and then it's like. <laughs> and then it just fucking starts a little bit you after. You got to feather it out. You got to feather it out, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's such a weird thing. But God bless uh, anybody that can. God bless America. <laughs> Although there's nothing cooler than like a rough looking old dude going out and just kicking his bike over. And going out and just ending his days of having two legs? Yeah. <laughs> nothing like watching a guy just having a cane forever. Yeah. That old dude gets out there one kick too, just every time. Well, the old guys haven't figured. They've been riding the same bike for eight years, but. So they, yeah. They've got their, their ritual. For starting that bike, they got it figured out. They get it one kick and they're just gone. It's cool. That is a beautiful thing to see when somebody just knows the whole rhythm and what you got to do. And I thought yeah. it would be like that because people say that it's like that for all bikes, but it really isn't. For my bike, it was yeah. like you just fucking kick it and you can kick it any way. You can kick it, you can feather the gas a little, you could not feather the gas a little. <laughs> I've got to start. Just, I think it's just luck. <laughs> With the motor, you mean? Like yeah. Which? Like. 90% of the time it's going to kick when you want it to but then like just randomly the motor's going to be like well fuck you today <laughs> you're going to kick me a thousand times <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like that I've seen people do all crazy shit people taking the carb cleaner off or the, the air cleaner off and like putting their hand over like the, the carb and like letting in a selective amount of air uh, and I'm like oh joking my it. god <laughs> yeah the man- <laughs> manual intake that's right Yeah, that's a good point. That's why all the fear is not going to get it started because I have like a super bad temper. I will just kick that bitch over and like not oh, even. Oh yeah, see, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, <laughs> just I'll destroy it. Push that bike on its side. Not even care. <laughs> yep. On the side of the highway, just right into traffic. Like. <laughs> that's it. Going out like the last episode of Sons. Right. See you later, right. guys. <laughs> Shit's not starting again. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, man. So, the bike, the the one we were talking about before, though, that you were, that you did the hardtail frame on, you put that in Greasy Dozen, right? I did. I did, yeah. We so. didn't even discuss that. So, what motivated you to jump in on uh, Greasy Dozen? Have you been to the show? I have not. I live on the other side of the planet from you guys, so. <laughs> That's I mean, we're not that close either. There, so. We're not that um, close either. I think a, we're 18 it's hours. It's quite the journey over there. So. <laughs> yeah, it would be a fucking haul. It was a haul for us too, actually. Like Loctite was saying, we're not all that uh, we're not all that close to it. I think it was at least 10, 12 hours to get down there. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I GPSed it and it was like 32 hours or something like that. God, <laughs> Jesus. So. That's a, that's a that might as well just be a that's a flight or nothing. Where are you at on that build? I just need a few things. I need to build a sissy bar. Gotta have a sissy bar. Got to. Um, because, if, I mean, if I get picked for Greasy Dozen, I'm riding this thing to Greasy Dozen. So. Right. That'll be its first real shakedown ride is going to be going there. We'll see. So from it's this. Emo, so it should make it. From but, this point right now, what do you have? Like, say you got into Greasy Dozen. What is on the checklist to finish to be able to make it to ride out to Greasy Dozen? Okay, so I have to, the sissy bar is what is going to hold the fender on pretty much. 
So that's a necessity, and that's also going to hold the brake light. So I got to have that. Um, it needs grips still. Um, the seat that I bought, I'm not a fan of. It's cool looking. It's like fish scales, kind of a. It's it's really cool looking seat, but it is not comfortable at all. Yeah. So, I'm going to go with a different seat, I think. Springs um, under this? This is a king and queen, or this is a solo? Um, it's just a little solo. Your typical, like, teardrop solo seat. Springs or no springs? Springs. boy. I dig the spring seats, so. It's the way to do it, man. Get a little bit of bounce yeah. in the ride. A little bit, especially if you're going that far. Like, you got to have a little bit of play. It definitely some helps. Kind of, some kind of cushion. Everybody's like, well, you just got to let the air out of the tires. That only gets you so far. Hey, that's what know? I do. <laughs> yeah, it only gets you so far. You got to run those Avons with the fucking big, thick sidewalls so you can let it, you can fucking run it low air. That's it, 10 PSI. And that thing's fucking money. Yeah, that's true. Five <laughs> inches of sidewall <laughs> in that it. fucking tire, yeah. That's pretty much, well, I'm also going to put knobby tires on, too. Uh-oh. So. God, that's going to be such a shit yeah. ride. Is that allowed? I thought you could only have Avon Speedmasters on choppers. <laughs> And then oh, safety no, mileage is in the, the rear. Front tire. I'm not running the skinny little tiny tire. What are you so, putting up front? It's got a it's got a fat 16 inch tire on the front. Uh, Cat squisher. So. Cat squishes. That's a good. <laughs> That's the move, man. <laughs> such a weird name. Yep, so I'm such a fan. Rear tire. They're the same size. So. Oh, there you go. So you're gonna run Avon safety mileages front and rear. Yep, yep. Some dirt bike tires. I'm gonna stretch out some dirt bike tires on there. That'll be fucking crazy, man. That's going to be yeah. an interesting look. Yeah, it'll be pretty good. Because there's yeah. a lot of gravel roads around here, too. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, we were talking about that off-air, too, about how much uh, there's trail riding out there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, this thing's. I mean, it's not going to just stay on the road. Like, it's going to get abused. So Nice. I'll be jumping over some fire pits and stuff with it, you know. There you go. That's why you got to get those springs under the seat. That's all you need. Navi tires, sprung seat, good to go. Yep. So you're going to have to, with, with something that big, if you're running knobbies, you're going to have to run a rear in the front, right? Or do they make knobbies um, that, that thick and wide for a front tire? Did they make them for that thick and wide in the front tire? So I was actually looking at a BMW um, motorcycle today. Um, one of the, it's called a GS 1200. So it's like the off-road big adventure bike. Yep. So on those, the front and rear are also the same size on the one that I was looking at. So. Oh, nice. So yeah, I mean, it's, they're bigger tires and stuff, obviously, but so I'm sure I can find sizes to fit this. If not, then yeah, I'll have to run two back tires. So. Yeah, I don't think it'd be that bad of a, of a situation. I don't, I don't think so. Like everybody panics. They're like, "Well, you have to have a reinforced tire on here." Blah blah. I'm like, "Well, the bike went went from like 900 pounds to maybe 300 pounds." So, so I don't know. Yeah, that is one of those things. It's like you're cutting so much weight out of the bike that I'm not sure it would be the end of the world to not have that. Yeah, yeah. There's also fucking. People on, there's plenty of shovel heads out there with that super narrow, super thin 21 front that I'm sure was not designed for that application, but go. Oh, yeah. It is. It looks fucking sick. I guess they did it's make this. Cool. I have a, I have a set of invaders laying around. 
Oh, really? <laughs> oh, Loctite's... We have an offer. Let's, uh, let's talk about that off-air. <laughs> right? Okay, so they were on a different chopper, a friend of mine had. And, uh, I'm that asshole that goes down the highway at 100 miles an hour on the back wheel of a bike. So, I was, he was, we were chatting one day, and we were drinking a little bit, and he's like... I was like, let me wheel your bike. He's like, you can't wheel my bike. And I was like, oh, yes, I can. So <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much backflipped his bike real quick, you know, and brought it back down because it scared the shit out of me. And uh, I bent up his front wheel pretty good. So Oh, fun times. Oh, yeah. So I had some ugly, I don't know if you've ever seen the Sturgis edition FXRs, but they have like a, it looks like a fan blade, like an actual fan blade. And Where? so that is Wait. the wheels. That's how the wheels look. Oh, the wheel is a fan blade. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he really wanted those. I was like, I'll swap you out. He's like, okay. So I got the square front invader now. And then... <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so I mean, it holds air and everything and it still rolls. So... Hey, it does I what I it... throw that on here. Leave it all beat up because I think that's kind of cool too. Right. Does what it's got to do. Hey, actually, that reminds me of a story that I heard about you. I was told that uh, there was another person who, who was convinced that of something his bike couldn't do, but in the way of a burnout. Can you tell us that story? Yeah. So we were, we were downtown. Um, at our bars are all downtown. So we were hanging out, and uh, this guy outside, um, your typical guy, he was wearing... You know, his bedazzled jeans and his Helen Bach t-shirt with his backwards hat, you know, so <laughs> hanging out next to his, his bagger, bumping some tunes and stuff. And uh, I was checking it out. It had a turbo on the side of it, big old Trask turbo system, right? Yeah. And I was like, man, that thing is cool. He's like, yeah, it's pretty good. So we were chatting. He was actually a cool guy. So we chatted about it for a minute and I was like, well, rip a burnout real quick. He's like, no, nah, this thing can't do a burnout. I'm like, what? He's like, it just said, I won't do a burnout. I'm like, oh, it'll absolutely do a burnout. He's like, no. Nope. I'm like, okay, well, let me try it. So, this is the best way to get to know someone. Oh, absolutely. So I put it in third gear, right? Started in third gear. Or, you know, redlined it, bounces off redliners, let the clutch out. So full boost and everything. Is this a common... Wait a minute. Hang on. Is this a common way to... To do a burnout is to put it in third gear to begin? When it's a turbo bike. <laughs> well, yeah, when it's turbo, then you get extra power. Because if you start it in first gear on a turbo bike, as soon as the boost kicks in, you're just going to bounce red right one right away. It's just going to not. Oh, I see. Okay. It's that good. So I put it in third gear because that gives you a little bit of spin. Because if you put it in fourth gear, a majority of the time, the way the like transmission gear is the same size as the engine gear, most of the time on fourth fourth gear things. Yeah, so your one-to-one is there, yeah. Yeah, so it'll destroy things. So I put it in third gear, caught all the boost it had, let it rip. So <laughs> shredded the guy's tire, chunked it off, no problem. So you blew and, the tire uh, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy, you know, the guy was making a video the whole time. He's like, oh, that was great. And so we're standing there talking. You know, and then all of our bars have, like, garage doors in the front, so they all roll up, and they're blasting tunes. So we're hanging out, you know, talking, yeah. all the smoke around us and stuff, and I'm like, sounds like sirens. And the guy's like, oh, it's probably just the music. 
So we're hanging out, and then finally the smoke dies down a little bit more. There's like six cops surrounding us. I'm like, oh, shit. Uh-oh. So, so what happened? Like, yeah, the cops are like, whose bike is this? By then, I was already turned around, and I ran. I took off. So... <laughs> <laughs> So this guy's just standing next to the bike, and he's ch- now he's got to explain to the cop that again to the second person for the night that this bike can't do a burnout. <laughs> yep. Just oh, there was some guy that did it. He just ran around the corner. I'm like oh, really? Can, yeah, dude. Can you imagine trying to tell that story where you're like, no, some other guy did a burnout on my bike. It wasn't me. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah I'll fucking K, bud. Holy shit, that's fantastic. So he, this, yeah, he, so I'm like really short too, so I have legs. Everybody makes fun of me and says I'm built like a corgi, you know, those little dogs. Yeah, oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, hey, like that. You and you guys both got the same thing. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, like cartoons and Scooby Doo's trying to run away, and his legs just turn into like wheels and he takes off. I, that's, I feel like that's how I ran away from that. <laughs> that's the only way. Did he at, at any point ask you, like, hey, how the fuck are we going to make this situation right and how am I going to get home? No, not one bit because he was hanging out with all of his friends, other bagger people, you know? And they're just screaming, cheering me on, you know? Got all, everybody's got their phones out recording it, so. So he's like, yeah, I'll just have to get this shit towed later on. Just going to park yeah, it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I didn't blow his tire. Like, it didn't blow out, blow out, but. Oh, I thought you said that was, it blew it out. Definitely. Well, there was, like, chunks of tire coming off and everything, like... Yeah, definitely not good, but still rideable. Okay, I was thinking that this guy is now stranded here and is just, like, not concerned at all. Just, meh. No, yeah, no. You take another video of my situation. Right, look at this. (laughs) That would be fucking nuts. So, what else do you got in the garage? I know you have a ton of other bikes here. You're building... This is a little off-topic from Choppers here, but you've got a... You said it was a drag bike with nitrous hooked up? It is, yep, yep. I don't have the nitrous hooked up yet. It's in the process right now. But it's a uh, 2006 Suzuki GSXR 1000. Nice. So, yeah, so this thing. Quick one. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, the motor's built pretty good. It's a. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with what a grudge bike is. It's called a grudge bike. I'm not familiar with that. What is that? Okay, so. Essentially, you know what a funny car is? Yep. Uh, that, but a motorcycle. Oh, perfect. So, it's got a big stupid bodywork on it. You know, the fairings are all, no headlight or nothing like that on it. It's just big and long and obnoxious. It's got a big stretched out swing arm. Right. So, it's the swing arm stretched out like a foot and a half past where it's factory at. So, it's, it sticks way out there. Just to help you keep so, the front wheel down? Yep, yep, it keeps yeah, the front end down a little bit, and then it also transfers the weight a little bit on things. It makes things a little bit, it changes your, your center of gravity. Right. So, um, also, it's got a, an air shifter, so you don't, you don't have to shift it. It gets to a certain part of the RPMs, and then there's the electronics in there that turn the bike off, shift it in the next gear, turn the bike back on. No shit. So... Yeah, so this swing arm also is the air tank for that air shifter. Fuck. So, so yeah, so that holds all that stuff together in there. What so, kind of power is that making? Um, I'm not 100% sure right now. Um, I know stock, this bike comes with like 200 horsepower, give or take. Yep. 
Um, as of right now, it's got different cams in it. It's got a different head. Um, it's got a different ECU. It's got a whole bunch of other, you know, go fast bits on it. Yeah. So, um, I put, I just put a different header all the way back on it, full exhaust. Um, I changed out the clutch, put a different clutch in it. So, granted, clutch doesn't give it more horsepower, but makes a grab better it's though. Got, yep, yep. It's so it's a. Uh, it's, a, it's kind of a goofy thing. So these 1,000cc bikes, these leader bikes, yep. they have a really chattery, jittery clutch system on them. Um, so if you try to launch from a stoplight or something, if you've ever seen someone on like a 1,000cc, they almost kill it and it gets really jerky and sketchy right away. Yeah, that was actually so, my first bike was a Jixxon 1000. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So you, yeah, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. It tries to buck you right off of it. Yep. So the clutch I put in here, it's called a Brox Racing um, Clutch Mod. So it gets rid of a disc and puts another spring and stuff in there and then another pressure plate inside the clutch there. Which oh, okay. gets rid of that jerkiness. So just like a twin disc for a car can, then? Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Nice. Exactly. So you can rev it up to this one. Um, probably you can launch it at 10,000, 12,000 RPMs and just let the clutch out. Right. And you yeah, probably need that for all. You probably need that twin disc for the extra power, right? I'm assuming yep, the stop yep. up wouldn't hold out. Yep, yep, exactly. It would just blow that clutch to pieces. It would just burn it out right away. Right. So it gets the, the added friction in there. So you're launching it 10,000 RPMs. You got your, your rev there. You just let the clutch right out. And crack Fuck, it dude. <laughs> It'll just fucking rip out of the hole and be gone. What are you launching? In so, second? No, you're launching first. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, so it's running a drag slick on the back, too, just like a drag pump would. Yeah. So, does that hooks up, and it'll just launch and rip out of there. So no shit. Also, well, why not launch in second, though? On this bike, too, it's got what's called suspension straps. Yeah. So, it's like a ratchet strap, kind of, on the front end. So, you, you and another person compress the front end as far down as you can. And then tighten the strap up. Right. And then it keeps the front suspension from unloading, which also helps with not doing the wheelie. Right. Fucking it. So there's no, like, distribution there, so. So why do you not, I don't know anything about, like, the, the drag set, setup and situation, but why do you not launch in second? Like, do you not run into the problem you were just saying about wanting to do the burnout in third so that you didn't, like, hit the rev limiter immediately? No, because this bike revs up to 15,000 RPMs. Oh, it's cause, so, okay, so because yeah, you've got so higher. much rev space. Yeah, so this one, um, first gear ends at about 101, 105 in that area, somewhere in there. Miles so, per hour? Yeah, that's just your first gear. So, yep. Holy shit, so, dude. And you yeah, said, so I think we talked about it off air, I don't know if we did it on the show or not, but... We talked about the nitrous, and you're doing like pretty much like the same thing as boost by gear. Yep, yep, essentially. So it's going to be hooked up through a system here to where it reaches a certain RPM. It's got a MSD ignition in it right now and everything. Yeah. So it reads your RPM to the exact. So as soon as you hit a certain RPM at full throttle, it'll start <clears throat> spraying the nitrous in a little bit through the gear. And then you get into higher gear a little bit more. The next gear, it'll spray a little bit more. Right. And by the maybe 10, 12,000 RPMs in third gear, 
you're doing full 100% like spray as much as it can. Fuck. For the remainder of the years. Yep. That is nuts. That's yeah, making me so think about be, that thing you said about the left hand throttle. Imagine if you had that set up and you could fucking twist the nitrous on with the left hand. Oh, man. Fucking rip the yeah, throttle with the right. That'd be bad. <laughs> that'd be so dangerous. <laughs> it starts to it'd pull you off the bike and you twist that and make it even worse and just launch you right off the back. <laughs> so bad. Whiskey nitrous throttle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be fucking aggressive. Just throw you right off of it. So are you? Um, oh, but yeah, this bike should be this bike should be a blast. I've only ridden it a couple times out here on the street, mm-hmm. and with the uh, drag tire on it, it doesn't grip at all. So I've done like four mile long burnouts with it. God damn! <laughs> what? Is, so what is the reason? This is a ridiculous question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway because I don't know because I don't look into drag stuff very much. What's the reason for the slick tire on a drag bike? Um, contact. water siping it that's less tire that's actually touching the ground oh i see so a drag slick it's just a solid big chunk of rubber Mm -hmm. that entire piece of rubber there is touching the ground but then doesn't it make it easier to lose control too because there's no tread no because you don't need tread on the racetrack you're going straight just in a straight line and you heat the rubber up so much plus you run the tires usually pretty low so it gives you even more surface contact And you do a burnout. So the drag slicks are made out of like a different material. They're a really soft compound. Mm. So you do a burnout and it makes it sticky. Like if you ever watch like, just go onto YouTube one time and watch drag racing videos. Yeah. And you'll hear people walking across like the drag strip itself and their shoes are like sticking to the ground. Yeah. Don't they put like Coca-Cola on the, on the fucking <laughs> tracks or is that not, maybe that was for uh the the loop racing there the flat tracking where they put Coca Cola on the floors to make it grippy yeah that's for flat tracking but um but they essentially do the same thing in drag racing they've got some kind of like rubber cement stuff they spray on the track to make it grippy but that's only half of the stickiness the other half is tire that people tire yeah <laughs> yeah so you're basically riding down other tires with your tires pretty much yep yep. Yeah, if you've ever seen, like, a relatively new built drag strip, it looks like a normal road. It looks like nothing. And then you go to, like, a, a really established drag strip. All, it's just solid black. It's just rubber. The whole track is rubber now. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. But it's not. You're not still burning out as you're going, right? Like, once you're at speed, um, you're pretty much contact only? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. There's a lot of times where people will just roast the tire the entire way down the track. I've done a burnout all of the full quarter mile before. My time was fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking nuts. So you, you've you done... How long have you been drag racing for? Um, I haven't. So this is... Next summer is going to be my first time, like, actually drag racing on a motorcycle. I just decided to give it a try. <laughs> What's the expected uh, top speed? Um, well... I don't know on this one, but there's a different guy that's running relatively close to the same bike, um, and he will do the quarter mile in eight seconds, give or take, and then he's at like 170, I think, is what, 170, 180 by the end of it. 
God damn. This is such a it's such a far leap from choppers to this because I do seventy and I'm like, I think I'm gonna die. <laughs> right. Already. Right. I can't imagine. I know it's different, obviously, but it's gotta be mind boggling to travel that fast. Yeah, I mean it's scary. Once you get to about 140, 150, that's real scary. When mm. you get to about 160, 180 in that range, the bike doesn't quite touch the ground constantly anymore. It starts to hop. Oh, that's so, terrifying. Yeah, you ever seen an airplane land and it like comes down and the tire hits the ground and it smokes? Yeah. You can watch, like if you have mirrors and you're going like on a perfect straight road, perfect environment, let's say, you can watch little puffs of smoke come from your tires. God, dude. The other thing that sucks too is it's a full fan bike. So, like, the smallest breeze at 150 miles an hour will move you a whole lane. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's so fucking sketchy. Move, if you're trying to turn, like, if there's something in the road 10 miles ahead of you and you start to try to get out of the way, you've almost had that bike laying down flat on its side trying to avoid something. It just wants to continue to go straight when you're going that fast. That I could believe, yeah. But that's just like, you need a whole, you have like a whole race suit for this? Um, no. I'm like, not, I mean, I'm not going to buy one. I think you're supposed to have them, but. Yeah, I think you need full leathers to race at the track. Well, on something yeah, that fast, no. you do. On like a regular yeah, a bike, of, you just need. There's a bunch uh, of like, you know, backwoods people here, a bunch of hillbillies. So, they're like, you got gloves, you're wearing jeans. Go for it, buddy. Yeah, they thick jeans. Yeah, okay, you're good. Yeah, I think you'll get yeah. away with that on your first pass. But once you hit, if you hit eight <laughs> seconds, right. dude, they're going to fucking molest you and kick you out of that track oh, so fast. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. We're going to be like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> None of that like, now. I know damn well I need to, like, sandbag it, you know, mm-hmm. run a slower time. Yeah, I what you do is just give it, it give it hell for the eighth mile and then fucking just let off completely. <laughs> Right, just rip it through first gear, and then that's it. <laughs> so, in a quarter mile, how many gears are you hitting if the first gear goes all the way to, like, 120? Well, I'm not, I haven't done it yet, so I'm not sure, but I'm guessing you can get to at least fifth or sixth. I, usually, I just would have thought it would be something you'd look into by now. I usually hear at the drag, I pretty much grew up at the drag, but I usually hear, like, four to five gears. Mm. Okay, so yeah, you're hitting six gear probably by yeah. the end of it. And are you like even clutching or are you just pushing it? Like pushing no, up see, on the... what, what the good thing is here is this air shifter. So it's this air shifter is wired into a box. It's called a kill box. So this box Sounds is safe. wired into the ignition <laughs> and into your tachometer. So when the tachometer gets to 14,900 14, RPMs, it sends a signal to this kill box that cuts the ignition, which then sends another signal to the air shifter that shifts it up a gear. Oh, so you and don't even have to do it. signal back. No, it's basically an automatic once you start. I just want to stress it to people that have never ridden a street bike. 14,000 RPMs on a street bike is so fucking scary. <laughs> I believe it. Right. That's, my bike only goes... whole other uh, thing with these, and they're not meant to rev that high, so you've got... All that extra RPM range there just opened up. Right. So that makes it, you know, even more power because the peak power on these things is limited. So there's like a a gentleman's agreement, I guess, with sport bikes in the United States only 
but they agreed with like every other country that you can only rev this high, go this fast. So yeah, wasn't like, that the fucking like Suzuki speed races or whatever? And there was like that letter that was. I saw this on Top Gear. There was like a letter that was supposedly sent but never sent that said like, "Hey, stop this nonsense." Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this bike, actually, the 2006 GSXR 1000, yep, was the unofficial, like not on the books, fastest motorcycle. It had way too much power, and it was way too light. So Suzuki got in some hot water about this, and they had to switch everything. That's why, like all of the manufacturers in 2007 was a whole different like ball game everything was limited to a speed and everything like that have you ever ridden a hayabusa i have actually funny story the first bike that i had ever ridden on the street was a hayabusa so when i had my 1000 my old boss he had a busa and he like swore to god that this thing would smoke me yeah 100 yeah. percent. that was a lie yeah no that's the <laughs> If you guys are in like a top speed, you're going, you know, yeah, on the highway, flat out, he will pull up on you eventually. Yeah, on the but highway, I think he would have got me. World situation, you're just gonna shit all over him. You're yeah, just gonna leave him. Yeah, light to light, he had. It was like I was racing a fucking moped. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That thing was so goddamn slow off the line, but he did let me ride it, and that thing is like riding a super fast lazy boy. Yeah, no, they're. See, those are weird because they got the Busa and then you have the ZX-14. Right. They are super comfortable. Like, I think they were, the way they got around some of the agreements and stuff is those are sport touring bikes, right? So That's what it they feels can have like. a higher CC and stuff, but they have to be more comfortable. They have to meet certain, like, comfort standards, I guess, certain positions of seating and stuff. Right. So... Yeah, that was probably one of the most comfortable bikes I've ever ridden in my life. Oh, yeah. You see it all the time, too, it's because like a- Kawasaki came out with a, it's called a Concourse, and it was essentially a ZX-14 with some bags on it. Right. Yeah, that thing's like a fucking and- drop seat street bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then those guys have like 150, 200,000 miles on those Concourses. No shit. Just, yeah. see it all the time with those things. Just adventure all over the United States with them, and they're reliable too. Because uh, a lot of those, they have so much power and torque, you don't have to wind them out to get them going. Right. Like, so they're they hold up pretty well. No doubt. So not to shift too quickly here, but I did have some unrelated questions about the shop. I was curious to know what kind of tools you're working with in there. Um, and what, what's been like the most useful stuff in the shop for you? Well, in the shop here, we're still, I don't have everything out here yet. Still kind of figuring things out and buying tools. So a lot of (laughs) what I'm doing with everything is like angle grinders and like a vice for bending and cutting and making things. Makes you know, sense. Like a hammer, a hammer and a vice just beat the shit out of it until it's the shape you wanted at. So, right. <laughs> right. Until that so, craft tech frame is square. Exactly. Exactly. So yesterday, or no, not yesterday, day before yesterday, I got a pipe bender. So Ooh, the pipe nice. bender is out here now, so I'll be able to 
do some real work with that. But I've got a couple. I've got different welders out here. I've got two. Oh yeah, you know this is what I'm getting here. at here. I'm just trying to trying to walk it in, make it seem like I didn't bring up the welding part. Right now, on to the welding podcast. Yeah, that's so. right. So tune out everybody who's not interested. <laughs> so, so I've yeah. got a Millermatic um, 200 out here, and then I've got a Eastwood Tig 200. We mm. got a super good deal on brand new. It was a couple hundred bucks, super cheap. Damn, yeah, that is a great deal. The, the 200, the Millermatic. <laughs> ACDC? Um, yes. Yep. Nice. So you can do so spool gun that, on it? Yep, yep, you can do that. It's got a spool gun on it. Um, what I'm looking at, though, is today I was on the phone with Miller trying to get things sorted out and everything. They make a Miller, it's called a Multimatic. Mm-hmm. So it's got the, you can MIG, TIG, and ARC with it. And mm. all three of those can be hooked up at the same time. So... You can, you know, be holding something in a stupid position, hit your tacks with a MIG, and then as you're still in that same spot, pick up your TIG torch, and you can TIG away on that piece without having to, you know, switch anything out. You can just have both torches right there with you. Now that, I think, is so fucking cool. It is excellent, yeah. So it's a little bit pricey for that thing, but... But it'll be worth it. Yeah, if you're going to do serious projects, because I've got motorcycles, cars, I've got off-road Jeeps and stuff like that, so there's plenty of times where you're underneath in a bad angle and you have to, you know, tack something in place before you can really get the welding on it, so. Right, there's a lot of times when it just makes sense and TIG TIG is just difficult to make work. Exactly, yep, yep. So there's that, and then I also have an old Century um, 110, and believe it or not, that thing gets the most use out here. <laughs> really? What do you, is yeah. that a MIG machine? Yep, yep, it is. But it's it's stout enough to where you can weld stuff on a frame and be comfortable with it. Yeah, it's I mean, I feel like we've said a bunch of times on life. here that like the 110 machines shouldn't be looked out of the equation because... You're, you're dealing with like eighth inch wall, you know? So you, you, you could easily yeah. weld that with a 110. Yeah, you don't need, you know, a crazy amount of heat for anything that you're doing logically. Like a 110 can get your average person by forever, just fine. Yeah. Like you're not welding anything super high pressure or anything really structural that's got real amount of force on it that you have to be any kind of iffy about at all. So, right. I think if more one tens had AC, then that that would solve a lot of people's problems. It just seems like once you get into AC, just make everything two twenties. Yeah. We got. We got. So, but then also this this one, you can crank it down to almost no heat and barely any wire coming out, and you can just you know mig a gas tank if you wanted to. Or any kind of thin, super paper-thin sheet metal with it. Yeah, a lot of times so, that's almost easier, I feel yeah, like, versus yeah. trying to... Obviously, you could do it with with a TIG, but you'd be... It takes a lot more finesse at that point when you could just as easily make it together. Yeah, you have to... Um, a MIG, I like to think that anybody can MIG. You squeeze one button. What the... Yep. 
<laughs> the lactate spill is some type of way. You better shut your fucking trench more fucking <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> but it's true though. I mean, yeah, and then also can't deny it. It's not lid, true. Open the like the top, the lid on any MIG machine. It'll tell you the settings you need to be for what piece of metal you're using. <laughs> so this is so true. Yeah. I peeled that fucking sticker off. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you open that lid, and it's like, okay, you're doing a sixteenth of an inch. You need five wire speed and 20 heat, and it's perfect. Every to time, set the machine perfect. to be heat and yeah, yeah. some <laughs> random spot. It's like be heat. Listen, C wire feed. I set my meg up to one fucking speed and one heat, and that's where it stays for everything. And then I melt through, right, and I tell Fat Man to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna weld to one heat and one heat only. <laughs> be a lot of holes in it, but it'll be welded in some spots. That's it. Some of it'll be together. <laughs> yeah, that's all it counts. Oh, that's fucking awesome. So, when do you think that yeah, new machine's coming in? Um, well, I haven't purchased it yet because it is uh, a pretty healthy chunk of money for it. So yeah, I'm trying are... to figure out if I really need it or because, I mean, the way I look at it is like so, some people with expensive tools, like all my tools are Matco and Snap-on. I'm that guy, you know. Oh, Fat Man just uh, joined us in the room, by the way. So he's smiling over there. Here. Wearing he's a wearing a Snap-on hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all right. So Matco, I love Matco and Snap-on. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm sitting here working on something and I snap, let's say, a socket, um, I call them and they drive to me and bring me a new socket. How often are you <laughs> snapping sockets, bud? Uh, pretty frequent. Like some of the, My the God, snappings that I work on where I'm not, you know, I shouldn't be using these tools the way they're getting used sometimes. So. Yeah, that, that's you know, some, that's like, well, that be, uh, You should be using a half inch socket on that and I'm using like a quarter inch socket on it, you know, so. There you go, just using the uh, the reducer adapters. <laughs> so you, yep. you can only, it's like, yep. I only got this in quarter inch, so here we go. Right, yeah, exactly. So there's that, and then, I don't know, I just, you can tell that some tolerances. So, Matco, um, their Allen wrenches, there's Torx bits, everything like that is made to the exact size of Harley nuts and bolts. Oh, Fun damn. Fact. Yeah. So the machining and everything on the Matco tools fit perfectly onto Harley stuff. So Yeah, but if you buy Craftsman, you can use your sockets for slugs when you do framework. <laughs> <laughs> Pro tip, you heard it here first, people. Right. That's the way to do it. <laughs> So, yeah, if you've ever uh, taken an Allen out before, um, they round out every time. <laughs> they do. They fucking do. So, yep, so it does make a little bit. I mean, they still round out with the Matco tools and snap on. I'm not saying they're perfect, but. I find I mean, that the bolts. You're you saying the bolt rounds out or the actual wrench rounds out? No, the bolt. Yeah, the bolt. I agree. Yeah, that, that happens all the fucking time. I hate Allens so much. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand why people even use them. Like. I don't understand how they come from the factory not rounded out already. So. <laughs> All the people there just rounding it out, just shipping it. <laughs> right. 
They just come with those easy out bits, but just everything comes with an easy out bit. Like, oh, in case you need to take this apart, here's a universal tool for you. That's so funny, dude. Just the fucking factory service manual is just like, you're going to have to use an easy out on this. <laughs> yeah. Set your uh, drill, your drill to uh, speed two for this one. That's it. Batman's <laughs> over there having the worst time. A lot of head shaking going on, but we all know this is how it happens. They get grounded out because people don't replace them. Isn't there one time use, right? Don't replace what? The bolt? No. In the fucking trees? Are you supposed to replace those and take them out? Not on the trees. Pretty yeah, sure. you gotta leave them in so that when they round out, then you can use your factory easy Just out. Just keep going until they round out, then change them? Yeah, also, if you get that easy out wedged in there good enough, you can tighten that bolt right back down and reuse it with the easy out still attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a permanent easy. Fat <laughs> yep. getting up to leave right now. <laughs> just like, I mean, like if you cross thread something, you know, like just yeah. keep cross threading it. Like, you know, tight is tight. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is this is how chopper guys work on stuff. So I think you can have a lot of people saying, you know, I've done that a bunch of times. Right. Like, oh, that guy's an idiot, but he's right. <laughs> but it works. Yeah. Are there other? So, yeah, uh, use the use the welder and stuff like that, and the the cheap century. I think we got at a garage sale for fifty bucks, something like that. Oh, there you go. You could just weld on a weld on a hex head nut on top of the Allen, and now boom! Oh, yeah. Now now it's a hex head, and just reuse exactly. it. You know what? That's you can do that. Some real small, so you could still use the quarter inch drive. <laughs> got to make use of those quarter sockets, you know. Right, gotta make gotta make that warranty work for itself. <laughs> That's it. I like shiny stuff sitting around. Right, my eighty my eighty dollar socket. I gotta have it pay itself off real quick, you know. Fuck this. Swap it out. Swap it out enough times where I feel like it's worth it. Right, and then just keep reminding people that if you use this particular socket, you're not gonna mess up the chrome on your bolts. <laughs> you gotta yeah, tell people that yeah. every time they look at your your sockets, you say, "Hey, don't forget." That'll not, that won't fuck up the chrome on your bolts. So uh, yeah, I'll keep them keep them coated real good. It's the only way to do it. You got any other tools in the shop that you're uh, relying on pretty heavily, or in the garage? I know you said not everything's out the shop yet, but is there, you got like a drill press or any any shit like that? Nope, I've got a Milwaukee drill. That's mm. uh, my go-to. Brushless has to be brushless. Attaboy. boy, the fuel series. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I fucked up big time. I got the non-fuel series back when I got my first Milwaukee drill, and I'm kicking myself big time. It's just not as powerful. Yeah, they're expensive, though. Jeez. I don't know if it's quite worth the extra money, you know? Black $300 or whatever for one drill. It doesn't even come with a battery. Uh, wow, yeah. The batteries are cra- Batteries are fucking nuts. I was in Home Depot the other day, and I saw like 180 bucks for one battery. Oh, yeah, if you get those fat Milwaukee batteries. Mm-hmm. That's how much they are. Yeah, they're like two hundred dollars for one battery. That's insane to me. It's a good deal. Yeah, me too. No, it's not. That's a, that's a good deal. It's a terrible deal. I'd rather just like plug my shit into the wall. But yeah, dude, I have the really small ones, and they get used up fairly quick, but they also charge in like thirty seconds. So I just like yeah. alternate them, and I just run it. All right. Yeah, that's good. I use uh, the M18s. Those are my your typical slide one, you know. Yeah, but what's the amp hour on it? Because they're all M18s. Oh, I don't know. That's the distinguishing feature. <laughs> Jesus. Ask me weird things now. 
I know. Now we're getting we're getting too deep into the weeds with it. Right. If I'm uh, trying to drill through something, I shouldn't be drilling through five minutes of drill time before that battery's dead. Like a solid five constant minutes. That's it. By that point, yeah. if it hasn't gone through, it's time to change up the game plan. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. Then you just get the get the sixty ten welding rod, crank the heat up all the way, and just blow right through it. <laughs> just right. keep pushing gotta, until it's on the other side. Setting, though, you just got to burn it through on that one setting. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Never move the dial. <laughs> right. It'll look like an icicle coming off that thing. Be ten feet tall, but eventually it'll make its way through. Right. <laughs> exactly, man. So, what other? Uh, I know you so, mentioned. Um, Go ahead. Hammers work. Hammers are important. I feel like a hammer is the most like underrated tool. Oh, I fucking love ever. hammers. That's like, how you fix things like the American way. You know, you just beat the shit out of it with a hammer. I have a That's flaming right. waffle head hammer in my toolbox. Those are good. <laughs> yep, those are good. That a boy. I like the uh, heavy swinging weight on that one. <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> ball peens. The little ball peen hammers are good. That's all I have is a ball peen hammer. I, it's like way too heavy, and I just have one hammer. <laughs> I use it for everything. God. I got a fucking I've got this mini, other weird hammer. It's a Milwaukee hammer. It looks like I don't know something Predator would be carrying around for a weapon. But what is Milwaukee doing making hammers? They got to just stick to I, their hundred eighty dollar batteries. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. This hammer is like the greatest hammer that's ever been made. Oh damn. I got it at. Uh, you can see pictures of this hammer on the Instagram. <laughs> better than a stiletto, right? Hmm. You what? It's better than a stiletto hammer. It look. It kind of looks like one. Really? It's kind of like yeah, except for more exaggerated. Like nobody ever talks about stiletto. I feel like under uh, underspoken fancy. about. Only people that take a job seriously about. have stilettos. <laughs> it's a fucking expensive hammer. <laughs> So yeah, the hammers are hammers are important. Also, good screwdrivers. Yeah, a good set of like screwdrivers will save your life. <laughs> Electrician screwdrivers, I've been told. Yep, yep, those are good. <laughs> or uh, I've got a set of Matco screwdrivers. Who? But those are those are perfect because they got different. What I didn't know until I bought these fancy ass screwdrivers is there's different sizes of Phillips heads. Like yeah. Different, like, like there's a standard size and there's like a metric size and there's, you know, there's, I didn't know there was so many different options. Oh, yeah, they got like the JIS one, like the Japanese industrial standard or whatever. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know there were so many options for a plus and a minus. Yeah, I don't um, get into all that. That's, uh, I've had the same one that I've had sitting in my toolbox forever. I have a number two and I have a number three. And I leave it at that. I have 60 screwdrivers. That's outrageous. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I have one drawer just full of screwdrivers. <laughs> I have like nine. I, I collect I screwdrivers. And then I have one I bought just because. It's like three feet long. I don't know. I've never used it before. Like actually had to use it. But if you're going to sit on the couch and need to reach the garage and take a screw out, you can do it with that one. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta have, yeah. You gotta have the long ones for like weird shit. It's hard to get to. One it's like set of long to ones. motors. Mm. Oh yeah. Okay, that's important. Yeah. That's the way to do it. So, what do you got? Right. Uh, what's like the main project right now 
and what do you got planned for the rest of the year? Well, I'm kind of going 50-50 on the chopper and the drag bike. Like, it's winter time now, so. I'm 50-50 right not, now, too. Not necessarily, like, I'm doing uh, to get either one of them done. What are you working on? I'm 50-50 on my builds right now, too. I'm 50-50 uh, on a 1980 shovelhead. And yep. the other half is a <laughs> Craftsman lawnmower. <laughs> Dude, the thing's gonna be dope. I'm, I'm bringing it to fucking Greasy Dozen. Probably faster. Dude, definitely. There's like a big thing here is lawnmower races. Yeah, me and fucking Fatman are starting our own circuit up here in New Hampshire. Oh, fantastic! Also, like barstool racing is big here too. <laughs> the hell's barstool racing? A bar you take a bar stool and put a motor on it. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know about this. This is the first I've heard. Yeah. No, it's wild. These people, they're doing like 35, 40. Like, these things move. Doing like 40, and they'll just face first right into the ground. <sighs> oh, my God. It's insane. This is just like a bar stool with wheels? It has like a fucking motor yeah, on it? Yeah, that's legit all it is. <laughs> Yep. How do you steer it? Uh, you sometimes they have a steering wheel, and sometimes you don't. You just, you know, cross your fingers. Fuck. Is that supposed to be like that? Yeah. So we got, we got, a, we're in a, the top of, of Loctite Shop here, and we got this little uh, Mr. Heater. Buddy Heater. Buddy Heater with the propane canister. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we just ran, we ran the thing dry, and this container is just covered in ice. <laughs> That's what happens when propane yeah, gets low. Happens. That happens. I have a big Jeep for off-roading. Yep. And uh, sometimes I go on adventures and I get, you know, broken out on the trail. And so I have one in the back of the Jeep because I got like a pretty much basic. It's a Jeep camper now because I have to sleep in it all the time. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got one of those that heaters in there too. It'll, it'll freeze solid. <laughs> Damn, yeah. That'll get fucking job done, man. Good deal. Well, hey, we're looking to uh, probably bring this one to a close right now. We're coming up on two hours. So as we move oh, to wrap this up, I know, it's crazy, right? All right. The, the first half of this convo, I killed the whole battery on my phone, and we killed the whole propane up here in the shop. <laughs> That's how it goes. You guys got to get down on that floor heater. I'm telling you. I know. I didn't bring my blanket to camp out over it and retain all the dry heat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, um, that's, right. It's okay. that's right. So, do you have any closing words for the people out there working on their builds as we get into winter time so they can get on this same level? Oh, man. Don't rush your projects. I get that a lot. So, I fix other people's things a lot, right? Yep. So, somebody will, you know, come on strong halfway through. They get to the halfway point and they're like, oh, shit, I'm almost done. So, then they blast through the rest of it and screw everything up. Yep, that that is that is good advice. That's solid. So fucking people need to take their time. Got all winter for that shit. Pretty much, pretty much. So you got I don't know nine months of winter now. <laughs> yeah, too many, too many months. It's November and it's already too fucking cold. So yep. where can people get? Shout out your Instagram handle one more time so people know where they can find you. It's uh, Ian, and it's U U H H. I-A-N. Perfect. So you can 
find me on there. I don't post a lot of things. I'm more of like a kind of a lurker, you know. I like to creep on everybody else's stuff. But <laughs> okay, occasionally I post some cool things up there. Yeah, so. and, you, and you definitely have a bunch of pictures of the shit that we talked about tonight. So head on oh, over yeah. there, guys. Check his page out. Follow him. Keep in touch with what he's doing, and we'll be doing the same over here, man. Thank you again for taking the time to come on and chat with us tonight. It's fucking awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and I hope. Uh, See you guys a greasy dozen. Maybe we'll all get in there. That you will, man. We will definitely be seeing you there. Fantastic. Good deal, man. All right. Well, have a good rest of the night. Yeah, you too. All right. Later. All right. Bye. All right. So big thank you again to Ian for taking the time to chat with us tonight. Fucking bunch of cool shit going on in his shop. But before we close things out, we need to make sure we shout out these motherfucking sponsors. Who do we got? We got motherfucking Deadbeat Customs. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Steve is over there bringing you the most gangster motherfucking parts from a little bit of every fucking company. Matter of fact. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Um, Cole is here. Get yourself some fucking bison leather gloves. Those bitches are amazing. I just mowed my lawn wearing those motherfuckers. <laughs> and they're fucking great. I love them. And you also, gotta have that because you got those. You got the ride on mower. Yeah, I got that fucking gangster craftsman now. Mowing at speeds. Um, also, check out Deadbeat on YouTube where he does all his fucking product reviews of shit that he sells. And do not forget, he's got the brick and mortar in Tewksbury, motherfucking Massachusetts, where you can go put your fat head and some fucking dope helmets. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Next up, we got Hypnic Jerk Customs coming to you out of Australia, making some of the best taillights in the game. Make your shit stand out with a cool fucking taillight instead of using the same taillight that everybody else uses. <laughs> You know we all have them on our bikes. <laughs> so, Hypnic Jerk Customs on Instagram. Head on over to his website, hypnicjerkcustoms.com. Check out his taillights, all made by hand. He's a fucking solid dude, too. So, show some love and support him. Next, we got motherfucking Zark and Fruits Magazine. Been supporting us from the beginning. Uh, he, if you haven't already, pick up whatever fucking issues he have left. Of one through four of Zagapru magazines, and I'm pretty sure he just dropped volume. Is it volume or issue? Volume. Issue five. Check it the fuck yeah. out. Fuck yeah. Tell him the low life job podcast on you. Motherfucker. As Arkham Fruits on Instagram. <laughs> Next up, we got Babes Bikes and Beards, aka B3, aka Amy Lynn Arrington, running. Yeah, and Chris Pizzo. Crushed it. Yep. So, at Babes Bikes and Beers on Instagram, check out what they've got going on. Join their Slack team so you can stay up to date on all the events going on in your area. And keep an eye out in the spring for upcoming bike nights. Tons of people show out to these things. Fat Man Custom Motors joining us here. He's been to a bunch of bike nights. You've been to the bike night, right? Yes, sir. Good times, good people. If you're anywhere near Chelsea, Massachusetts, that is the fucking place to be. Shout out to them. Well, you can also get some waffles from the homie oh, at man. fucking Wicked... What is it? Wicked, Wicked Waffles. waffles. Boston, Boston. Wicked, I didn't know if a Boston was in it. Wicked Waffles, Boston. Curtis? Curtis is a motherfucking homie. Makes the dopest 
Fucking waffles. Great for a fucking hangover cure. Next chopper event, make sure you book his ass and get him the fuck out there. Perfect. Next up, we got Loctite's Chop Shop. Out here in Apple, New Hampshire. Doing a little bit of everything. Service on anything that's a Harley. Custom builds. <laughs> full motor builds. We got Steve Millward, a.k.a. Fat Man. The fucking Sportster Evo guru. Uh, cooking up 100 horsepower Sportsters every day. <laughs> oh shit uh, We do a little bit of everything We got some winter storage spots open So hit us the fuck up On either Loctite Shop Shop Or Fat Man Custom Motors Fuck yeah And last but not least We got Ferro Fabrication Your one stop shop for your hardtails Gas tanks, sissy bars And more recently some custom tables Got all kinds of shit going on <laughs> All welding and fab related Work and repairs. So if there's anything you need built, fixed, whatever you can think of, give me a call. That's at Ferro Fabrication on Instagram. I think we did it. I think we did it. We made it. Made it all the way through. We made it in this fucking hoopty of an office <laughs> with no goddamn heat. With the buddy heater. Get the little buddy heater. Running strong. So, to close this one out, don't waste time worrying about what other people like. And do all your burnouts on other people's bikes. Yes. That's a good one. <laughs> I like that one. All right. Take us home. What do we got for the people? It's Friday, motherfuckers. From Evo Big Twins to Survivor Panheads, Ian's building choppers and keeping it fucking proper. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes. Fantabulous night to make romance Need the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low You know the night's magic Seem to whisper and hush You know the song My love, can I just make some more romance with you? My love, well, I wanna make love to you tonight. I can't wait till the morning has come. Yet I know now the time is just right. And straight into my arms you will run. And when you come, my heart will be waiting to make sure that you never run. There and then all my dreams will come true, dear There and then I will make you my own And every time I touch you You just travel inside Then I know how much you want me That you can't hide Can I just have one more, more dance with you My love My 